Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday, September the 16th, 2021. One second. It's another Tech Golf Podcast. Got a great show lined up for you today. Hope you're all doing well. It's been uh, another uh, busy week in the land of video games, although not for the usual... Not for the usual gaming news. <laughs> like Jeff's webcam just disconnected. <laughs> webcam just disconnected. I'm just seeing my webcam uh, that that he sees, and it is the most blown out image. There we go. He's back. I'm back. And with and with audio. There we go. There we go. Was Discord like trying to send audio through the the camera? Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. All right, there we go. We're all set up. Have you found your white balance? Uh, it, was, it was looking I like a so. it was looking I, like I a think, rave I there. I got the like... I got the new camera. I got the new Elgato. Look at this. Look Wait, at the now, difference, man. There we go. Look, look there at we the go. difference. <laughs> look at the webcam difference. What an upgrade! Amazing what like. You know what? Uh, Ten years in webcam technology can do. We've been stuck on the same friggin' three webcams for our mm. entire career. Yep. I mean that literally and figuratively. I mean, I'm pretty sure we we're using the same C920s we used when we first when we first bought them. <laughs> so not surprising. Yeah, we've gotten a a, a big upgrade now. That L L got to get one Elgato face cam. Yes, sir. Uh, and now I can more. I can more appreciate your fine art in the background that, like that. should should be an NFT. I uh, like that. And uh, the John Cena, who I don't even know how that thing's still standing at this point. It is. It's leaning against the wall, but it's, it's standing. <laughs> uh, another Tech Golf podcast, like I said, great show lined up for you today. First thing, as always, though, Mr. Black, how's your week? Uh, it's been another week. Uh, just been getting a lot of shit done that I've been uh putting off so it was it was actually kind of a productive week getting things Wonderful. done around the house and shit so yeah outside Excellent. of that same old same yeah uh, it was uh well i should say nothing too crazy m had a an interesting week uh at work because one of her patients assaulted her this week um there was no security around either at the time unfortunately and so that was quite a debacle and we're still going through that whole process with workers comp and all that bullshit and mountains of of phone calls and paperwork and other nonsense. Uh, it was like the worst possible series of events. They had uh, a patient in uh, in isolation that was not taking their you know didn't want to take their meds and they were losing their shit. And so protocol is that you have to have X number of security personnel there to restrain the patient while the medications are provided by nurse on staff usually two nurses. So there's like six people in this room for this one patient. Uh, and, um, unfortunately that's like all of, all of the security on staff. We're all in that room. And then as that's happening and M is in, in the, uh, the nursing station, uh, one of the patients was just decided to lose their mind, uh, in the midst of all of this and, uh, and, uh, came in and started, uh, you know, punched her in the chest and was grabbing her arms and shit and picked up a stool and was just about to start whipping a stool at her. 
Uh, and she got out of the out of the way and get out of the room or whatever. And then uh, three minutes before security could show up. So three minutes of this person just losing their shit. And uh, and so uh, yeah, we uh, we we have been going through that process ever since. Thankfully, she's physically okay. Uh, we took pictures and stuff for you know the sake of anything that legally. And then otherwise, yeah. So that's been my week, really. That and streaming, uh, you know, taking her to a number of, of places for, for that whole thing. And then otherwise, it's just been uh, another week. Lots of magic. Uh, the Gathering, uh, the new expansion drops today. So not today, but probably tomorrow I'll be diving into that. And uh, Forgotten City will be wrapped up as well. I played a little bit. I don't know if I played that before the podcast last week or after. Either way, um, that's been good. And I'll probably have one more stream of that uh, to finish up. Uh, lots of time loop games. So I be, I did 12 minutes, and then uh, Forgotten City is literally also a time loop game. And then now Deathloop is out. And so apparently at some point, several developers got together and decided every game had to be a time loop. And now here we are. So I'm working my way through those things. Otherwise, that's it. It's time. Talk about some video game news, Mr. Black. Less, less video game specific news, lots of lawsuits. My god, everyone's feeling very litigious this week. Uh, really getting, getting their lawyers fed food on the table for all these lawyers right now. So, update on that Apple versus Epic case. We haven't heard anything from that in actually quite some time. Uh, the judge has ruled in this bad boy uh, after all this time, at least to this specific portion of it. I don't know if the whole case has now been resolved or what, but... Uh, the judge ruled that while Apple is not monopolistic, it will no longer be allowed to prohibit devs, developers, from providing links or other communications that direct users away from Apple for in-app purchases. So up until now, Apple has kind of gardened its, its entire ecosystem and said, all right, if you're, if you're putting an app uh, on our platform and we okay the app and it gets in, all purchases go through us and we take 30% and that's just how it goes. This judge said, um, hell no to the no, no, no. Uh, you can't be doing that shit. Uh, you're not monopolistic, but that's not something that's kosher. So now people are allowed to do that. However, I don't think I've, I, I tried to read before we started today. I want to say that I read somewhere though, that like how Apple and Epic's thing, like specifically between them, those two companies are working out is that Apple is getting favorably uh, favorably ruled for that, but um, but this section that came up where Epic was arguing for the whole industry, uh, it's like the judge is saying, well, you know, Epic, you might have fucked up, but for everyone else, <laughs> Apple, Apple, you can't do that shit anymore. So uh, that's the the latest and greatest from uh, from that, uh, and I'm sure there are lots of developers, especially smaller developers, that are probably quite pleased to hear that uh, they have an option to not have to, you know, lose so much uh, of a percent of their in-app purchases. Uh, next up, more uh, more litigation. Twitch is suing two of the supposed heads of the hate raid uh, groups that have been bouncing around Twitch for uh, the last while now uh, and have been plaguing the site. The two users were identified in the case as cruise control and creatine overdose. Uh, really not surprising names. I think that, like, it's like, if you were to pick two douchey names, that's kind of, it's kind of like creatine overdose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can just, I can picture these people in my mind. Oh god, fucking losers. Anyway, uh, 
uh, who are assumed by Twitch to be from the Netherlands and Vienna, Austria, respectively. So cruise control, uh, Dutch and and uh, and creatine overdose uh, from Austria. Uh, they continue to create new accounts and shift their raid code to avoid Twitch, is what's in this case as it stands, which is obviously what would happen. Uh, Twitch alleges Cruise Control alone is responsible for some 3,000 bots associated with the recent raids. Uh, so, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, anyway, that's where that's at. I mean, that's not a surprise to anyone that they would change their names and change their bot code to continue to avoid Twitch as much as possible. Uh, but, uh, but certainly a, a complete gong show. If they actually managed to successfully sue these two, uh, that would be wonderful. What a giant, what a, what a giant dub that would be. Gonna, it ain't gonna happen. For one, they ain't the, getting no money out of these guys. And, <laughs> How uh, much money does Creatine Overdose have, Jeff? Probably, you know, negative dollars. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, good luck getting these guys in court and whatnot, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good on the headlines, like they're pro proactively going after you know the people that well, are causing I think these they, issues. I think but... they have to because if they don't, then in the future legally they're kind of fucked. So it's like one of those things where it's like, all right, it's probably not going to result in anything. However, we have to at least do it so that in the future, if we do get a case that we can get into court, we've shown that it's you know there's precedent of us chasing this shit down uh, previously. But yeah, either way, uh, Godspeed, cruise control, and creatine overdose. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, lawsuits for everyone! We got more, Mr. Black. Activision Blizzard, who does not have enough lawsuits on their desk right now, are getting yet another one. Uh, everyone's dogpiling uh, all of this at the same time, it seems. Uh, this time for labor violations, specifically, uh, the Code CWA-led suit claims that Activision Blizzard engaged in coercive and intimidating behavior, especially their use of forced arbitration uh, as a means of union-busting tactics. So, in uh, if I remember this correctly, because it was loosely mentioned before uh, in one of the other cases, and I think that's why this case is also happening now, is that uh, Activision Blizzard's contracts include uh, a clause for forced arbitration, uh, which is usually used to keep things as quiet as possible. Uh, nothing ever gets outside, and it also means that in the grand scheme of things, uh, it's easier for them to bust up unions uh, and not allow that kind of shit to happen. So uh, that is now also being planted on their desk. Uh, we'll see how that all pans out. Does that sound surprising to me? If you have forced arbitration, no. Uh, but uh, just more for Blizzard, Activision Blizzard's legal team to juggle. <laughs> and we'll see how much of this, we'll see how much of this ends up being pointed at Blizzard and how much Activision just distances itself. It's like, oh, I know it's technically Activision Blizzard, but guys, I mean, this is just, you know, we, we adopted Blizzard and we didn't know they had some skeletons in the closet and, oh God, you know, we'd never do anything like that here. But man, Blizzard though, fuck Blizzard. So we're just going to remove Blizzard from our name now and just, and yeah. just roll Activision yeah. is how this is probably going to go. Uh, so yeah, that's their next, their next lawsuit. That's the end of the lawsuits. We got the lawsuits out of the way. Good. <laughs> PS5. All right, so PS5's new addition, the one that we talked about before, where they have a smaller heatsink, uh, because they're trying to be able to actually build consoles with a shortage of every part for electronics globally right now being a bit of an issue. Um, they uh, they've been obviously they're out now, and people are beginning their hands on them to test the difference between 
the original launch PS5 and the new one in terms of their ability to handle heat mm. uh, and whatnot. And uh, the people were originally concerned because obviously it's smaller. Smaller is generally worse uh, and when it comes to dissipating heat. However, the uh, some of the initial tests are not showing that that's completely true in this regard. Uh, what I saw one test, because it's, it's pretty limited, I do know that Gamers Nexus, which will probably do by far the most in-depth test, I don't think their video is out. Um, Steve posted the other day that they are working on it still. I don't think it's launched yet, but they will have the definitive fucking answer to this. However, the one that I saw, um, that compared the two consoles showed, um, pretty much, oh, it is out? Oh, okay. It's out now? All right, well, there you go. So you can watch that, uh, there and get even more information out of this. I suspect it will be a similar result, is pretty much everything that isn't the CPU runs or in this other test, ran a little bit hotter. Not, not like 20 degrees, but like four. Like four degrees hotter. However, the CPU itself ran like, in this test specifically anyway, we don't, I don't know about Gamers Nexus, was like 11 degrees cooler. So whatever new system they've got, they're prioritizing the CPU. The others are, are failing, uh, you know, or not failing, but getting a little bit less cooling from what this looks like. But the overall temperature is probably almost fucking identical. The reason people were getting concerned is that the hot air coming out the back of the console was way hotter than the old console was. But what a lot of, uh, what a lot of people fail to realize is that you want it to be super hot air coming out of the back of it. Because that tells you that it's doing a good job of stripping the heat off of the components inside of the, uh, of the case. If you've got you know, lukewarm air coming out of the back of the console and the console's running at 100 degrees centigrade, that's not good. But if it's running at like 80 degrees and the, ha the air coming out is super fucking hot, it means that, yeah, it might not be amazing cooling, but it's doing a better job of stripping the, the heat off of it. So this seems to be pretty good. I will, uh, I will definitely check out the Gamers Nexus one. Um... Okay, so this looks like the same results, what DK is saying in chat right now, uh, from Gamers Nexus. Uh, almost everything ran a little cooler, only the SOC uh, ran 4 degrees higher, so basically said it was negligible. Yeah, so they managed to reduce the heatsink size, and thus far, longevity test, we'll have to wait and see, but thus far, same thing. So don't worry, a lot of people were like, searching out launch PS4, or PS5, sorry, because they were like, Oh my god, the cooler! It's, it's bigger, so it's gotta be better! Not necessarily. So there you go. Don't worry. If you can get your hands on a PS5, just fucking buy the thing. Don't wait. Shit's still selling out like hotcakes. Can't friggin' wait more than five minutes. Uh... Ah, here we go. So now we're into the- we, we had our litigation block, Mr. Black. Now we're into the China block. There's lots of Chinese news for gaming coming out this week, and this is kind of in regards to what popped last week, so you weren't here for that, but, but China was, uh, China had announced, or maybe you were, because it might have been the week before, I can't remember now, all days mean nothing to me, either way, China announced that recently that, that, uh, game time was going to be reduced to, like, three hours in a week, and you're only allowed to play Friday night, Saturday night, sa uh, Sunday night, uh, if you're 18 or under, I think, is the restriction, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, uh, and then holidays, I believe, were the days that you were allowed to play video games and for three hours in any given week. And you can't do it all at once, because it's an hour a day. So it's 
if you're going to game three hours in a week, you better make your time for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Because you can't be like, oh, okay, I'm just going to get three hours of the way on my Saturday. No. Unacceptable. Three hours spread out across three days per week and holidays. So this is kind of coming on the backs of, of that announcement. So... Continuing to fight uh, their fight against supposed video game addiction, Chinese regulators are now slowing down new video game approvals. So it's quite a video game approval process for games getting into China, or even games that are made in China, uh, where regulatory bodies sit back and say, yay or nay, your game is good or your game is not going to be sold here. Uh, That's getting slowed down so, (laughs) so that, again, video game addiction is curbed. So less new games to them means... You know, little Timmy and Sally aren't going to be super friggin' addicted to fucking whatever I, video games are Something tells me out. pretty much any child in China is probably not Timmy or Sally. No, but I don't know enough Chinese names off the top of my head to say that without sounding racist, so I just stuck with... Yeah, that sounds like maybe, you know, their English, <laughs> English name. Maybe yeah. those are the names they chose for English because, you know, people, you know, can't, you know, it's like they come over, it's like Hun chose, uh, uh, what did he choose again? Uh, what did he cho- shit. Shit. It was related to an actor. <laughs> Leo. Leo. Not Leonardo, but he just went Leo because he liked Leonardo DiCaprio. So his English name is Lee- Leo. Okay. I never call him Leo in his entire life, but he he went with that. Uh, Either way, yeah, so they only only have those times. However, now even less new games are going to be allowed uh, to launch uh, in any given uh, window uh, in China. Furthermore, oh my goodness, furthermore, this helped lead to a dip in Tencent. So Tencent's that monstrous company. Uh, in, uh, in their stock, which lost some 80 billion in a day. And it has not recovered. This wasn't like, this wasn't like the Activision Blizzard news came out and it dipped. And then by the end of the next business day, the shit just popped back up. If you look at their six month, uh, trend, it's a staircase and it's not to heaven. I can tell you that much right now. This shit is down and has not rebounded uh, yet. Uh, so, so Godspeed ten, 10 cent on that loss. Uh, further uh, beyond that, China has also banned what banned outright what they call effeminate gender portrayal in video games, which is a really fancy way of saying gay people don't exist in China, and so we don't want them to actually be portrayed in video games. And so the only people that can be portrayed in video games are straight. And so that is now a new ruling. Um, f- more than that, this is the, and this is the last part of the Chinese news block, the lots coming out of there this week. Uh, Life is Strange, True Colors, which just dropped here in the last week or so, uh, which got amazing reviews by basically everyone, by the way, uh, is getting review bombed, supposedly, by Chinese players, because in a town of the game... There's a store called Treasures of Tibet, which prominently displays the Tibetan flag above the entrance. This flag is used as a symbol of Tibetan independence, in reality, uh, and is banned in mainland China. And so now it's getting review bombed because Tibet has a flag in the game and 
And, you know, whether these are actually just random Chinese citizen gamers bitching about the fact that Tibet would like independence, <laughs> I don't know. But it's happening! Every time something happens, I'll tell you what, whether they're- whether these are real gamers or not, it's like when something happens in- in Genshin Impact, and like a character and, and like people- like the Chinese player base doesn't like it, the fucking shitstorm that they kick up is legendary every time. And it could be for the most innocuous bullshit. And they just lose their mind. And you know what? The company folds every single fucking time. So, I don't know if these are even real people at this point. Uh, or if they're just doing it, you know, to promote, you know, the, the, the anti-independence movement of much of their, uh, you know, much of these smaller, uh, groups attached to mainland China, like, uh, Tibet and Hong Kong, for example. Uh, but, uh, but there you have it, so, uh, anyway, just go play Life is Strange, it's a good game. Uh, now that we're out of the Chinese block, more reports are coming in, uh, that a new Twisted Metal game is on the way. And it might launch alongside the previously announced television series, which I had forgotten. We covered that, but it was in a long time now. Uh, but a Twisted Metal television series is, is on the way. Um, and so the guess is that it's going to launch alongside of that. However, nobody seems to know as of yet if the game is going to be a remake of the originals or if they're actually going to make like an entirely new Twisted Metal game uh, that would be more of a sequel situation or something versus just remaking the originals. Were you a Twisted Metal guy back in the day? The PlayStation Twisted Metal gang? Yeah, I played quite a bit when I was young, young. When I was like 11, 12. Well, they never really came out with them anymore after we were 11, I think. Really, yeah. it wasn't very many more. Um, I mean, they were pretty good. I, I was never like a huge Twisted Metal fan. I was more of that like simple bitches, like just give me Mario Kart battle mode. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't need the Twisted Metal thing, but a lot of people love old Twisted Metal games, and so I'm sure there's tons that would love to play a, uh, a new Twisted Metal. Uh, although I don't know how the TV series is gonna, is gonna play out. All I can think of is it's like, it'll be like Mad Max, but like, Destruction Derby. The television show. That's like all I can come up with. Like, how in the- how in the shit does a Twisted Metal TV show work? I don't know, but somebody has an idea. Uh, Battlefield 2042. Shocking development, Mr. Black. It's delayed. <laughs> not by a, not by a lot, at least. But not surprisingly. They said, hey, COVID sucked. And it kind of messed up our development. We thought we could make this launch window, but we can't. So now it's a few weeks pushed back. November 19th is the new launch. And they still have news forthcoming about the open beta. Uh, I believe is what they called it, the open beta. That's supposedly coming later this month. And so, yeah, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer to uh, hop into the next, the next battlefield. Um, which I guess, one way or the other, I don't know when the new Call of Duty was supposed to launch. I don't know if that puts them outside of the, that window or in it. So there you go. Who knows? Either way. Delayed until the 19th. The much-anticipated follow-up from the developer behind Undertale... <laughs> called not so I call it said bluntly that's not the word I was looking for it was more like uh it's not really uh it's not really uh hiding it but they called it Delta Rune which is basically just a mix up of all the letters from Undertale is dropping this Friday that's tomorrow so uh one of the craziest no offense fandoms in the world for gaming uh of Undertale 
probably thrilled that this bad boy is dropping. Lots of people on Twitter were losing their minds about it. Uh, and so uh, we'll see how this one pans out, if it will be able to live up to the uh, the never-ending cow-mum hype of the original Undertale. Sony's firmware update for expandable storage finally dropped, Mr. Black. So if you want to spend a little extra money on your already $800 console to get a little bit more room, guess what? Technically, you can do it now. And hopefully, nothing will blow up if you do. That launched here just a couple days ago. Also, with that is the first, like, few supported drives that you can actually use. Uh, some of which don't have heat sinks, some do come with them already. So if it doesn't have one, Sony does recommend that you buy an aftermarket heatsink to install on the thing. So like a, a Samsung 980, for example, oh, I don't, don't think kill comes me with, with one. More hard drive talk, please, for the love of everything that's holy and sacred. No, there's no more. Fuck me in the ass. I don't even have a list. I don't oh even have a list. Oh my god, please. Please, I can't handle any more hard drive talk. I feel like I've spent three hours talking about hard drives in the last two months. No, God there's no, damn. there's no, there's no more hard drive. It's talk. out, guys. The firmware's out. Go buy your seven hundred dollar extended hard drive. Just go find somebody that has a list of supported hard drives and coolers that will fit the space. Uh and lastly. After about a thousand trailers and what feels like an eternity of build-up to its release, Deathloop finally launched. Uh, and actually, is doing a lot better than I thought. I thought it was going to hit around a 7 or an 8 out of 10. Uh, this bad boy is, is dropping huge reviews. 10s and shit. 10s and 9s all over the place. In fact, I'm pretty sure that it's now top 3 pick for Game of the Year. And I suspect it will probably pull down Game of the Year in the majority of places, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, a bit of a surprise there. And every, you know what everyone said thus far? Pretty much everyone that's reviewed it said the same thing, which was, uh, the trailers do the game completely dirty. Like, everyone that watched the trailers were like, this, they were all lukewarm on it. They were like, yeah, this, like, maybe this is okay. None of the trailers really did it any justice. They hop in, they review the game, and they're like, holy shit, I don't know why they ever put these trailers out, because they don't do the game anything. Uh, this game is amazing, go and play this game. So, Deathloop, there you go. And mm. I believe that's on the PC and the PlayStation 5 exclusively for consoles for a uh, time, because uh, it's timed exclusive. This was the one you'll, you'll remember, I'm sure, Mr. Black, where after, uh, uh, after Microsoft bought ZeniMax, and thus Bethesda, uh, which was the publisher for this game, they had the weird, awkward contract where they were like, this game was in development exclusively for PlayStation, but now it's like branching. Now Now Microsoft owns it, so this was the weird contract one. So I guess the answer here is that, uh, yeah, timed exclusive for the PlayStation, and then we jump in uh, on the Xbox afterwards, yeah, but you I'm, can also get it on the PC. I'm seeing tons of like mixed reviews for this. Like The Steam is all mixed, the user score... On the Metacritic Steam one is, is probably mixed, more 5. or less. 7. What I've seen is a lot of uh, technical issues on the PC side for Deathloop. Um, I don't. I haven't played it personally. All I can say is that everyone that has reviewed it has pretty, like, in terms of like the publications, uh, including a couple of people that I have reasonable faith in for reviews, have given it glowing reviews. And so, whether or not that actually translates. You know, translates to users enjoying it. I have no idea, but I do know that there is, at the very least, a fair amount of performance issues on the PC, and some people were blaming it on Denovo uh, or whatever that that Andy 
hack or any crack uh, software, but apparently that's not what's causing it. Um, I haven't heard nearly as many complaints about performance on the console, so I think that's like a PC specific thing. Um, but uh, but if I'll, I'll look more into that, and then next week if I, if more news crops up about it, which I'm sure it will, um, we'll we'll give it a go. Um, but uh, either way, there you go. That's our gaming news, Mr. Black. It's your time to shine. You can wake up. It's time to do some sellout. Hey, Patreon.com slash lag TV. Head on over there. Throw the monies at the screens. Uh, we also got our sponsors. We got Elgato. Guys, look at the webcam difference I got going on. You just go back to the previous episodes and then come here and take a look at this. All right, this is the face cam by Elgato. You got to go <laughs> and pick one up. You Elgato get one. Link is in the description below. They always support and show a love of the podcast. We also got Nord VPN. If you don't already have a VPN service, it's www.nordvpn.com slash OTT. Use the promo code OTT. Get 73% off. Four bonus months. Um, and use, a, use up to six simultaneous devices. Stay safe. Stay anonymous. Watch different regions of Netflix. Do all of the things. Uh, and for less than the price of a cinnamon dolce latte at Starbucks a month, it's a no-brainer. Plus a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if it ain't doing what you want it to do in any way, shape, or form, get your money back. 30 days, guaranteed, no questions asked. Uh, so go and check them out. You're supporting the the sponsor, and you're supporting the podcast when you do it uh, all at the same time. So... Go make it happen. Boom. Boom. And now it's time for... Movies and TV. Sadly, Norm MacDonald, a beloved Canadian comedian, uh, passed away at the age of 61 this week. Uh, he had a nine-year private battle with cancer, apparently. He, well, I, don't even, I think they listed it. didn't even tell his family about it. He just kept that shit to himself for nine years with his, him and his doctors. Uh, and I, I don't know what kind of cancer it was. Uh, the, I don't know if that was ever released, but that's what, uh, eventually took him out. 61 years of age. Uh, my entire timeline on Twitter was full of, like, every comedian in existence, uh, praising Norm and, and, uh, because apparently he was friends with every comedian on Earth. <laughs> and so, there was lots of that. Uh, and I watched a bunch of his stuff back, uh, you know, like you tend to do when, when these people pass away. You get a chance to, like, go back and watch, like, some of their greatest hits, uh, and man, like deadpan, there wasn't much more, there weren't many people more dry than Norm Macdonald. Uh, and so if that's your kind of humor and you've never seen any of his stuff, then uh, definitely check it out. I think I retweeted, um, one of my more, one of my more favorite jokes that he did, cause it was a running gag whenever he was on Conan O'Brien's show where he'd do a thing where he'd tell a joke, but it was a joke where there's not really a punchline. The, the punchline is that they're just circling, a, circling a punchline that, doesn't fucking exist and it's the most all the elements of the story are just so obtuse and crazy that the humor is in the fact that that there is no and it's so long and drawn out it's a great joke it's about it's called the moth the moth joke definitely go and check that out if you're into dry humor because it's it's fucking hilarious otherwise yes 61 years old unfortunate uh but yeah nine years it's a hell of a long time to be battling cancer um and he had famously he had a uh he had a quote on cancer where he said, I don't want to, it's not a direct, this isn't a direct quote, but it's more or less this. He said, uh, he said, I'm no, I'm no doctor. Uh, however, I'm pretty sure that 
when you die, the cancer dies. And so that's not cancer winning. That's called a draw. Uh, which was, uh, I never thought about it like that before. It was kind of like a profound thought. It's like, yeah, the cancer, you, cancer takes you out, but the cancer is no longer alive. If you die, the cancer needs you to be alive. So that's a draw. That's, you're not, uh, cancer's not winning. You're not losing. That's just, uh, an, un an unfortunate draw, but, uh, all the same, all the best to his family. Christopher Nolan is leaving, even though I wrote neaving for some reason in the podcast topics. Uh, Christopher Nolan is leaving Warner Brothers after almost 20 years of exclusive work uh, for them to do his next film with Universal. Uh, I don't know anything more about it. I just thought in I my do. head, me, yeah, I figured you would, but I figured for me, all I know about it is that maybe it, it's in partly due to like how turbulent things are over there with Warner Bros. No. Uh, and it's the AT&T Discovery stuff. thing. No, no, it's not any of that. All right, so what uh, is it? Give us the inside. Well, the inside is, um... Um, the theatrical window has gone down to 45 days. It used to be 90. Um, Christopher Nolan is a big proponent on, um, the importance of cinema, um, and the theater experience. Uh, he creates his films to be watched in a certain way. Um, and, uh, you know, he's fighting the, the fight against these diminishing, uh, theatrical windows um, Warner Brothers wanted to shorten the the window, um, and he doesn't want to do that. There was biddings. I mean, Warner Brothers tried to still keep him. Netflix offered him a shit ton of money. Uh, he ended up going with Universal, and apparently, um, there is an agreement that his movies will be anywhere from ninety to one hundred and twenty days in theaters before they ever touch digital. Um, and so, you know, he's sticking to that 120 days hot damn. I don't think it'll go that long, but it's, <laughs> you know, he's, he's trying to make a statement. There's very few directors that have the power to be able to, you know, dictate that. And not only that, like the thing is, is the theaters, it's not even really the studios that'll allow a movie to be necessarily in, in for 120 days. The theaters got to want to, you know, it's the theaters got to rotate this, that right? shit out. You know, you know, if there's if there are other movies that are selling more tickets, you know, the theaters are going to open up those those auditoriums to the movies. I mean, if you're on week 13 or 14 or 15, you know, they're and and you're not making millions of dollars a day. Uh, they're not they're they're just not going to show them. But he wants uh, he wants the old 90 days uh, for his films. They're willing to to do that. Um. So yeah, that's what he's. That's that's ultimately what what he's. That's why he's going where he's going. Fair ball. Do we know what his next film is? Yeah, it's a, uh, um, it's a story about the guy who created the atom bomb. I'm okay. Sure. Yeah. So it's like oh. a, a, a so story something all light. About, yeah, it's a story all about <laughs> uh, the guy and this. I guess is he the the main guy or the group of couple people that were, um responsible for creating the atom bomb okay not the people that like launched it not like the famous i am no. become death no no this deal. Is like the creation of the atom bomb okay there you go that'll be uh, that's it oppenheimer, oppenheimer yeah. yeah wasn't oppenheimer the one that said i am become death destroyer of worlds i'm not sure. i can't remember my i'm one of uh, history is not my forte um where was i ah 
HBO Max is reportedly putting together a Harry Potter prequel series about Severus Snape. Which, uh, this is this is just me saying this, which is a tall order to try and follow up Alan Rickman. But good luck with that. I don't know if it's supposed to be, um... I don't know if it's supposed to be, like, they're going to go way back to, like, I guess the school age. where Because, like, his story is Harry Potter's father was his bully in school. but he And he was, like, in love with Harry's uh, eventual mother. And then he loses, you know, that. He gets friend-zoned. And then Harry's father, you know, steps in and, and takes over, and eventually uh, that whole thing pans out. And, of course, we don't learn anything about that until, like, the very, you know, if you're reading the books, it was the very last book. You're watching the movies. You don't get that until the very end. And so you just see this character through the lens of just him being an asshole for, like, fucking forever and ever and ever. And then you finally get, like, the payoff at the end. And Alan Rickman crushed that shit. Uh, as he crushed basically everything that Alan Rickman ever did, honestly, but the, uh, but he was definitely, I think, the reason why so many people gravitated towards Snape as a character, and probably the only reason that this thing would ever happen is because he, he portrayed the character originally. Um, we still don't know what the next series, or, or if that next, um, movie in the Fantastic Beasts is ever gonna happen, like, that whole thing is still kinda floating out there. Somewhere I in hope not in Johnny Depp can't do this role anymore land. Um, so yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, either way, we'll wait and see when it comes out. Like what timeline this is happening? It's probably going to be, you know, that that school age, late school age when that whole interaction was happening. That's all I can think of. Unless there was another portion of Snape's background that was external to books that they could run with. Either uh, either way, all the best to them. Uh, and, uh, Rip Alan Rickman. I would have loved to continue to watch more Alan Rickman. Uh, you know, his, all the stuff was so good. Venom 2 pushed, uh, pu- apparently pushes the PG-13 all the way to the end of the line, Mr. Black, as far as they can push it. And has a runtime of one and a half hours. So it's short and sweet. Mm. They're not, no filler. Hour and I'm a half good movie. About it. I'm hearing really good things about it. When's really, the, really um, good. when's the, like, proper I think it's, uh, launch. first week of October. I think it's, like, okay. October 4th or 3rd or something. So the first showings have been popping off here or something? Is yeah, that, like, like yeah, time. people have yeah, been... apparently they're right. really, really good. Wonderful news. Wonderful news. Um, yeah, like, people were, were shocked when they saw, I was shocked when I saw PG-13. Um, you know, on one hand, because it's Venom. And on the other hand, you like you understand they're trying to get to the widest audience possible. Like I, I get it, uh, but yeah, it's hard to imagine. But yes, the the they are saying that they pushed that rating all the way up to the end. They were probably counting every f word, every every like possible thing they could, and just added it all up and got right to the very edge. Uh oh. Here, since you weren't here last week, Matrix Four trailer. I'm sure you've seen it at I least have. once. What were your thoughts? Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, when I first watched it, I was kind of, um, confused. Like I I was like, I was like, I didn't know if I liked it or I just didn't at all. Um, but I watched it several times again and you know, I, I, my expectations are low. I'm going in it prepared to be disappointed but I'm also going in prepared for it to be better than 
Revelations, um, but not as good as the Matrix One or Matrix Two. Um, I know not, I know a lot of people didn't enjoy Matrix Reloaded, but I actually enjoyed it a great deal. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of of the of the third installment, uh, but I still enjoyed it for what it was. It was just like it just wasn't as good as the other stuff, but it was still had its moments. Um, it seems as though, um, the story is almost, it's almost like it's being rebooted. Um, no pun, no pun, uh, pun, actually really (laughs) pun, pun included. It, 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 It actually feels like, uh, the matrix is being rebooted or there's an, or there's an alternate universe within the matrix because you see, Carrie, uh, not Carrie, uh, um, uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, Trinity. Uh, you see Trinity and Neo, um, yeah. and they, they meet, they're like, do we know each other? Uh, and this is all in the trailer, by the way, guys, no spoilers. They're like, do we know each other? And they kind of, they kind of have this connection. I think that, um, there are alternate universes or alternate realities, um, because Carrie Ann Moss, thank you. I was going to say Carrie Fisher. Um, because there's the scenes where Neo is on the ground and it's raining and Agent's got a gun to his head, just like in the first movie. There's a scene where on the, they're on the same roof yeah. the, of the iconic, you know. Uh, they they were off. not hiding all of the comparisons to it's, the first. It's, liter- it's, 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 like, it's like he's almost got to relive those same things. And it feels like we're going to get, um, at least in the beginning of the movie, we're going to get a reboot of the Matrix. And it's almost like he's been taking the blue pill um, to forget and suppress everything that's been going on. And then he ultimately decides he dumps all the blue pills in the sink. And then the young Morpheus is like, you know, um, uh, I forget the line he says, the famous line. And then he ends up taking the red pill. And that's when he goes, you know, he sees the the, the white rabbit and... Um, you know, they get the Alice in Wonderland, you know, they make it very on the nose, right? They it's like, literally, yeah, they literally pulled out the, the white rabbit song by, uh, yeah. by, uh, yeah. Jefferson airplane. So it, it <clears> seems <throat> as though they're almost, he's almost going to relive the, the, the parts that happened quickly, like probably within like the first 45 minutes of the movie, he's probably going to relive the most important parts. And then. Uh, know that he's the one and has all the power like even the training scene with young morpheus um it's just like what it was in the first one except that here he's super powerful and he like he breaks into it pretty much immediately right so Mm. i think that it's a it's an alternate universe or a reboot and he's got to relive that that almost like a program it's like you know it's designed a certain way He's got to relive it, and then we'll see what happens. I I don't know. That's my guess. Or they could just be throwing us off completely, and it's something completely new. But that's that's what I that's what I feel. And if that's the case, it kind of feels like cheating because what I think they're gonna do is kind of like what they did in uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, where they kind of redid a New Hope. I think they're gonna redo the Matrix One so that people are like, it's it's enough. It's huge nostalgia to the point where. It's almost reliving a scene. It's almost like you're remaking the movie. You're like rebooting it, but knowing that these characters are older and you can kind of get away with it because it's the Matrix. You can do whatever you want. Um, it seems like 
the movie will will have enough nostalgic factors and they know what works. And if they just add to it a little bit more and then pick off, pick up where we left off towards the end of the movie, they're setting up the next two, right? And they'll probably film two and three back to back like they did before. And then they'll release those. And that's when you'll kind of get more of the story after where we left off. I think we're going to get a lot of regurgitation and a rebirth. They even call it, I think it's called, um, re, uh, what's it called? called resurrection. Resurrection. And, you know, you even see them going through the whole, you know, getting, going through the matrix. And, uh, I'm ex, I'm expecting mediocre. That's what I'm expecting. If it's, if it blows me away, congratulations, but I'm going in with my expectations low, but I'd be a liar if I said, I'm not like intrigued. Cause I am. You, yeah. I mean like, yeah. So when I watched the trailer for the first time, I like, it was very obvious immediately how many, how many parallels to the first movie they were drawing visually. It was like fucking was re- yeah. every single Same scene thing. almost was, yeah. was uh, like at least if it wasn't showing an almost identical thing, it was referencing something from the well, original living it's it's he's literally films. reliving the same stuff the the stopping of the bullets right the, yeah it's the, the stopping of the bullets no, the helicopter on the rooftop hel- like it was everything was very referential they uh you know they and they and and it is definitely heavy-handed i mean neil patrick harris's guy is wearing blue rimmed blue fucking gla- glasses. Yeah, glasses the yeah. girl in the in the inn or whatever or whatever fucking motel is wearing red rimmed glasses yep like it's not they're not hiding anything it's yes. like beating you about the head with it and so uh it it makes me wonder if they're if that was done intentionally and that they're just going to subvert all that shit uh with the actual film or what like if they were doing all this so uh, choosing what they're showing in the trailer so deliberately that it's leading you to have a, an idea of what's really going to be like and then just like fucking- i believe i believe that they are going to make it seem like it's some sort of program and or alternate re- reality. And what they're going to do is they're going to retcon the last two movies. We're going to relive the first movie quickly, but he's still going to have that progression as a character by the end of it. And we're going to, we're going to take the story into different directions this is why we got a different look in Morpheus uh, we got different looking, uh, agent Smith. Um, you know, you, you've got, you've, I think we're going to get a re re hash, but it's almost like they're going to be able to make, uh, good on the stuff that people didn't like about the last two movies and, and take this program or this alternate reality into a new direction. It's like, we know what happened over there and that's still a thing. But this is what happened if he ended up taking the blue pill for so long, and now he's, you know, I don't know. That That's the thing. It's the Matrix. Anything yeah. can happen, but I think that that is what is going to happen. Because if it's like a full reboot, like if you think about it that way, if it was like a full reboot, it's it's like the question then becomes, so if if it's a reboot and he's getting pulled back in, there's a different Morpheus. Morpheus is still doing the same thing he did the first time, trying to get him to wake up, trying to get him to realize what he is. I mean, the fact that they were in the the dojo means he was already out of the Matrix, so they, they're showing them out of the Matrix as is, uh, but then, like, technically back in the Matrix in the fighting arena, but you know what I mean when I say out of the Matrix. So, if that's the case, then it then it makes me... then Like, the question that comes up is, is this is Neo... This Neo's second run 
to go in and reset the matrix in the exact same way that he did it the first time. But since that happens externally, the matrix and, uh, and it was never the program's intention, then it would make you believe that this time there is an intentional, uh, the, the program is intentionally bringing him back in. And then the question that, that I had immediately is, um, you know, at the end of the third matrix, Neo is in the matrix. He's flying around doing his shit, doing what a fucking Superman bullshit, whatever the hell he wants to do. Um, why, what was the catalyst to have him suddenly forget absolutely everything? Did he choose to, or did he like want to forget? And if so, why did he want to forget? I think he started uh, and, taking the blue pill, right? And like, and then, yeah. And then he starts and taking the blue. suppressing all of his, uh, his memory and, and whatnot. And then something must, it might be, he ends up, uh, but that means Trinity had to do it too. Trinity yeah. would have had to like taken the blue pill too. Cause they're both looking at each other. Like, yeah. Who but the maybe, fuck? Yeah, but maybe he bumps into her, and and he or they bump into each other, uh, and then they they there's this connection, and then they they their love for each other and and their connection uh, makes them want to stop taking the pill to see what kind of past they had, and then realize that okay, this is who we are, and let's go back there and do what we need to do. Oh, I don't know the. At the end of the day, the story was closed for good or bad. And <laughs> yeah. now, because of money and because uh, it's back open. resurgence, uh, <laughs> it's back. So whatever fucking ridiculous reason for all of this happened. Well, okay, well yeah, uh, like, okay. Chris say, like Chris saying, more importantly, Neo Trinity were dead by the end of Revolutions. Yeah. So there's a reason why the movie's called Resurrections. Yes. Obviously. Maybe uh, they can go back in time. Maybe they can. Maybe Neo can go in there and redo the wrong. You know, maybe there's been some sort of uh, uh, a crack in the code, and you know they can they can go back in time and uh, or relive the past so that it forges a new future, so that the old one gets canceled out, and then they can be together. I don't know. It's because you're dealing right, here's, with AI and computer shit and fucking Matrix stuff. They can do whatever they want, right? So here's here's the fun. Here's my next question for you. Why was Lawrence Fishburne not approached to come back for this film? I I I believe that he was in some degree. I just don't know if uh it was something that he it, it was a role in which he wanted to, I maybe I don't know. Maybe he wasn't at all i mean it just seems they, weird that they got two of the three and somehow they couldn't convince lawrence fishburne of anyone to like well come i and, mean lawrence fishburne is not in great condition uh he is doesn't seem like he is in the best shape of his life uh he hasn't been doing anything notable um you know he has talked <laughs> uh illly about um the matrix in in certain ways from what i from what i was told uh or from what i've heard uh, not to the point where they wouldn't bring him back, uh, but I don't know. Maybe they are planning to have him back, but not in this film. Maybe it's the young Nia or the young uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, Maybe it's movie two. Morpheus. Well, they, this is this is, they they're not doing Matrix Four as a one off, man. They they oh, no. if this makes money, they're making two and three hundred percent. Keanu is not signing up for one fucking Matrix movie <laughs> no. when when he could go and do whatever the fuck he wants to do. My guess is they might either they did approach him and they told him that hey you know you're gonna have a role like fucking Luke Skywalker did in the uh, episode seven where you get you show up at the end of the movie and that's the show. Um, 
while everybody else in the film that was part of it before, like Hugo Weaving isn't even in this movie, right? So yeah. and 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 he's in my opinion more iconic than than Keanu, than Neo. Like Agent Smith is he's got the most memorable lines, he's the most interesting villain I had seen in a movie and still is top three villain ever that I've ever seen in a film. The guy, like if you go back and watch his work, it is absolutely amazing what he does with Hugo that Weaving is a baller. He is absolutely an amazing actor. He's not in this movie to our knowledge. So this could be a thing where either they offered him a very small part and he didn't like the fact that Trinity and Neo are getting these big roles and they're, and you know, they're making big money. I mean, what's Lawrence Fishburne doing with his life right now? I don't know, but I'm, you know, he's not much of a working actor. He's not making you know, millions of dollars in, in film, right? Maybe he was like, this is my chance. Who knows? Or maybe he's John Wick him. now. Yeah, maybe maybe they didn't offer him anything yeah. because they're going to offer him something if the movie's financially successful and they're going to give him a role in the second and third, um, you know, and they want to tell the story with the young Morpheus. Maybe there's a reason why because of this alternate reality. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But the fact that they would just scuff him out there, do nothing at all. They're not in, you know, he hasn't been talked to in any way or been hinted or anything like that. I have a hard time believing it, but if they didn't, I'm sure they will uh, in, in the future. If he plays his cards right, you know, he's not bashing them for it. He's not like shitting on them. No. From, from what I read is he was just like, I wasn't approached. I don't know why I wasn't approached. I wasn't approached. They haven't told me anything. Um, you know, so maybe he will get a, a nice juicy spot. And if it's a huge success, <laughs> listen, if you've got all of your big stars or half of your big star cast, your main Trinity and Nito, right? You got them coming back and they're doing their thing. Imagine for the preview of the next one that Hugo Weaving and Morpheus are, are back. I mean, that's going to put seats in the chair right now. If Hugo Weaving and Morpheus are in the movie as well, it isn't adding any box office it, the movie's going to do what the movie does but if the movie is okay or good and now they're adding the other characters that you love on top of it and the story is getting better that's going to put more seats in there and it's going to make people want to go out that didn't watch four to go and watch four to get on for five and six that's my guess i don't know i could be wrong maybe they just I don't like them i don't know that's entirely impossible but i mean uh I, I guess it's like uh, for nostalgia factor for me because that's all the Matrix is now. I don't like you. I'm not like I don't think that I I don't have like high hopes that this is going to be as good as one where there was like some some pretty decent philosophical fuckery going on in there where it was like more than just an action movie. I don't know. I don't think we're getting that. Uh, at least I don't. That's not my expectation. Um, I hope that for me then nostalgia is the only thing getting me. And so you know I see I see. I, I see fucking Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss on screen together, and I, I'm seeing, like, them doing this Matrix shit again. I get excited. If you end that movie, and then fucking in the cheesiest way possible, they're walking into a shop, and somebody drops a newspaper, and it's Lawrence fucking Fishburne sitting behind a newspaper... Uh, and, and then, and then just in the background, you see somebody walking down the street and it's the, it's the fucking like profile of Hugo weaving. I'll maybe come thrice. I'll come thrice. Maybe they are in it, dude. Maybe, maybe they have very small maybe, roles and they have secretive. a cameo in the movie or at the end to tease the next one. 
it's very possible because in the other Matrix stuff, like they'd end on a on a cliffhanger, especially like in Reloaded and stuff. Imagine you know they get through all this and then um, you know at the very end of the film, Neo's there, and then all of a sudden you hear Mister Anderson, yeah, you Mr. know, and, and they sh- and they, they see you see Hugo dude, leaving, right, dude? I would just, you know, I'd pass out. Yes, I'd pass the fuck they, out. There is a there is a chance that that could very well happen, and they could be lying, like. Lawrence Fishburne could literally be lying. His role might be very small. It might even be a voiceover. It might be something super small or just one shot. Um, who knows? Maybe there's a post-credit scene and they show up. Who knows? Last last question before we move on. Over under guns. Lots of guns. Oh, all kinds of guns. It will be every liner will be said in that <laughs> film. All of them. Every single one of them. I think we're going to get everybody back eventually. Like, I think we're going to see, like, the Keysmith. We're going to see uh, the, the That architect. dude is probably see, too old. We're going to see, yeah, but a different, like, younger version. Oh, I see right? what you mean. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't the mean, Frenchman like, the Frenchman and all that shit. Yeah, that guy might not even be alive now, but uh, no. <laughs> that guy was old then. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think we're going to get a complete reboot. I fully believe 4 is going to be a rehash of the first to get everybody sold on board excited. And then... Five and six, you'll get some new stories. At some point, the Matrix rebooted had to have been a working title where they said, you know what, that's just too fucking obvious. We can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> well, not only that is they probably don't want to confuse the audience because yeah. if they call it Matrix reboot, rebooted, people yeah, are it's going like, to think that it's, it's, a, literal it's, a, re- reboot. it's a reboot or a reimagine <laughs> of the story, which it is, but they don't want people, like, it isn't, it isn't. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, you got to be careful, but I think uh, the resurrection is probably a better, a better, uh, you know, name for it. So we'll see. Either way, my body is ready. I just need nostalgia in my life, and the Matrix nostalgia. I'm there for it. So let's let's uh, let's hope for the yeah, best. Yeah, and it's going to be digital and and theater release, which is at the same time. I want so HBO, bad to see it yeah. in in IMAX, but it will entirely depend on. How oh, the winter I'll, goes. I will be in there for sure in IMAX. I, sh- I saw Shang-Chi in IMAX. Oh, right. How did that go? You said uh, it was like what top three. Lots of people saying top three Marvel. Yeah, I, I think it was the best standalone movie since Iron Man. I haven't seen Iron Man since it came out, so it might actually be better. Um, the reason why I still probably will go with Iron Man because it was so iconic and it was the beginning of everything. Um Definitely the best uh, uh, um, origin movie since then, 100%. And the best um, Marvel movie since Endgame, easily. And I would, I have a hard time putting in my top three, definitely in my top five. Could be third or fourth. Could be third or fourth. It was yeah, I've fun. Been seeing, I've been seeing lots of top threes, top fives. I've yeah. not seen somebody say less than that. It's could just be kind three. of slotted. Could be could be top three. I mean, Endgame is is goaded. Um, I don't think they'll ever top that, seriously. Although I'm hearing um, the um, the one with Angelina Jolie uh, that's coming out, The Eternals. Oh. Appar- apparently The Eternals, uh, Kevin Feige saying it, the, the people behind the scenes that worked on the film, um, and the, the very small people that have seen, like, screener of it um from what we're told is it's the greatest marvel movie ever made by a substantial margin and it is the best ex- like 
the full blown story. How do you beat I don't radio know. sound crackle on your left? Yeah. How is that possible to beat? That's the biggest nerd chill move moment in a movie in the history of film. How in the shit? I don't know, but apparently the story is incredible. The film is incredible. Um, it's different than anything else they've ever done. And uh, it's like real. It's supposed to be like like to transcend uh, comic book movies. It doesn't, apparently it doesn't really feel like a comic book movie. It's almost like uh like they're almost saying it's it's kind of like an inception type thing where it's like okay. a serious film. I mean, uh, what I've seen does look like they're trying to be more filmy. Yeah. Than than like action movie, yeah. tropey type but we'll stuff. We'll see. We'll see. Shang uh, Shang-Chi was it was the last act and I won't spoil anything. Just the mm. last fight scene was a little bit too much Marvel. There was just it was too much CGI, too much and it didn't look bad. It didn't look great, but it didn't look bad, and it was cool. Um, but the all the rest of the film was just so different and unique. Um, there was like a little bit of anime in there. There was like like almost like Dragon Ball Z in there. There was like a like a, like Avatar: The Last Airbender, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, John Wick, The Raid. Like it's all all of it just kind of. In, that's a in, lot to get in there it seriously it, it is it, it, i'm not joking it's like all of those movies in one like every fight scene there's almost like a new style new thing um which i appreciate it was fun and then the end was just like more bleh, marvel you know stuff the usual um some of the ad the bmw advertisements in it was really egregious that kind of actually took me out of the film at one point uh but outside of that it was a fun movie it was just a good time and the action sequences were pretty fucking badass man like the the it was bad the fight scenes were badass all all the behind the scenes stuff he was just i can't think of his name off the top of my head right now but he was just fucking crushing it uh and so yeah i mean i'm 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 definitely looking forward to seeing it when i get uh, the opportunity as well M wants to see it as well so we'll be uh, we'll be anxious to to check that out and and internals as well for the reasons that you were just talking about where they seem to be less Marvel movie ish and more film, yeah. That just so happens to have superheroes <laughs> in it at the same time, kind yeah. of thing. Which you know what that sounds like to me. That sounds like what DC has been trying to do and only been mildly successful with several times, where they've been taking like the more serious route. Did you uh, see Suicide you- Squad yet? The new Suicide Squad? <laughs> no, I haven't because oh. M doesn't want to watch it because she's oh, not a fan my. of somebody. I can't remember who she's not a fan of. Oh my goodness. Dude, that um, movie, that movie is so fucking. Good. But I mean, it's James Gunn, so it's so you know. fucking good, bro. Yeah, it's I'll, Guardians I'll, I'll, of the Galaxy, but Suicide Squad rated yeah. R. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'll, it's. I will be watching it probably when Amazon here when she's having like a, a a certain like shift time. I'll have time to myself. I'll probably end up watching it. You should, man. You're gonna laugh. You're you're gonna laugh your ass off, especially in the first like ten minutes. Like you're gonna be like, what the? Fuck? How does how does Cena do? Oh, Cena's awesome. Yeah, okay. Cena's great, and they're doing an entire show for his character. Like it's filming now, I do believe. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, like an there entire series. Wow. Um, yeah, they're they're filming it. He, he was um, awesome. Uh, the only other thing I was gonna uh, that I just thought of off the top of my head because somebody mentioned uh, Idris in chat is that they announced the next season of uh, his Luther. show Luther. Yeah. Which I liked Luther a lot. I watched uh, Luther uh, back when it first came out. 
Uh, or actually a little while after it came out, because I was just looking at Netflix one day for something, and I ended up really liking Luther. Like, that show was was dope. And it was what got me into Idris Elba as an actor uh, in the first place. So I'm kind of excited about that, uh, with some more Luther to drop. Um, and now last on our list here, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce her name. Do you know how to pronounce her name? No. Mayim Bialik? That sounded about right to you? Don't know. I really, I probably butchered it. Uh, and Ken Jennings will host Jeopardy through the end of 2021 while the search for a permanent host continues. So I guess uh, they feel like they can't, uh, they can't wrap that up fast enough, so they're just going to put those two in, in the spots for now and continue their search for a more permanent host for Jeopardy. And that's it. Do you have anything else to, uh, to slap on there? No. Uh, what else did I watch? I don't think I've watched anything. Uh, I watched uh, Malignant. Uh, oh, how did you find that? Oh, it was ass. I didn't like it at all. Okay. Um, and I love James Wan, too, and I love James Wan's horror. I was going to uh, say, I was like, this is the first, is this the first James Wan miss? Yeah, and, and, and it's not that he missed. It's just I didn't like, I just, I saw what he was going for, and it worked. I just did. I just don't like the type of movie that he was making. Um, it's beautifully filmed and shot, like all of his stuff. But it's it's this campy, like eighties, nineties horror that is self aware, like too self aware, oh, and okay. there is like really, really bad acting in it to the point where it's just <laughs> like the acting in the not movie, intentionally bad acting, but it like I, it, I actually think it was. Oh, okay. So he was going it's, that hard for the eighties, yeah. nineties thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was so bad. Like the beginning was so bad that I thought that it was, you ever watch a movie where you're watching the beginning of the movie and the acting so bad, but it turns out that they're watching a bad movie in the <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. what I thought this was. I thought that, okay. they, that like characters were sitting in a movie theater or at home and we were, you were watching. waiting for a fourth wall. Yeah, break. And I was waiting for the fourth wall to break. And I realized <laughs> that that wasn't it. In fact, it was the actual movie. And I was like, what the absolute fuck? Uh, that was awful. And it just didn't really let up. I will say the main actress, she did a great job. Um, but pretty much anything else in the movie, um, it wasn't particularly scary. Um, it just wasn't good. I'm sorry. It just so wasn't. it was like a fail. It wasn't a fail so much as it was a failed experiment for James Wan. It seems. Yeah, I mean, uh, it. It. I think I don't know what it is on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's 77 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I mean, critics like this type of stuff. But I'm, if I were to look up the audience score, it's probably not good, right? Oh, like you, speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, you know what I did watch uh, in the last week? Pig. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> and. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it, no. Bro, first of all, the trailer throws you way off the trail. That movie is nothing, nothing like the trailer. That's a good-ass movie. I, I heard it is, good, it is I, a I good, heard good things about it. I heard it is, good things. And it's good for, it, it's, okay, it's, it's definitely, and the reason why the critics would be so, so all over it is it's definitely film. It is not, a movie so much as it's film uh like his it's a movie that is all in on a handful of its themes and it focuses on that specifically and it does not worry about um 
It doesn't worry about trying to impress you more than that. And honestly, a really solid, like, character movie. And, uh... And just an example to remind everyone that Nicolas Cage, for as batshit crazy as he is, is a is 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 an actually pretty fucking great actor. Like he he might be insane, might be, but he's a pretty damn good actor. Uh, and this was a uh, a good example of it. Not a super long movie. I think it was like an hour and twenty hour and thirty minutes or something like that. So like you don't have to dedicate a long time to it. Um. The only thing I can say that I wasn't a huge fan of, and it was an intentional choice, because I rented it on two different platforms, because I thought at first, I thought it was a bad encode on Amazon's uh, side, so I rented it on Google as well, uh, but it was the same, is, uh, and definitely rent it on Amazon if you're going to rent it, because uh, Google's audio was like super fucking quiet. Uh, Amazon, uh, but either way, it's a very dark movie. Like, there, it, like it's... There's and for me it was probably the weakest point of the film. Everything else was was really 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 well done. The worst part of it for me was that from even for me on this fucking uh like calibrated plasma it was so dark that it was hard to fucking keep up with whatever the shit was going on on the screen sometimes. Yeah, uh which is why it's probably cuz it was low budget and stuff, right? They probably well, you know yeah, they're going to cut they, some corners and yeah you know. um they were going for very for a very specific mood, and they over they they overstepped it in some places where you could hear like the audio you could hear that they were trying, especially with the descriptive audio one which we run for M anyway, right? You can tell that they meant for you to see something, to some degree, but you just ain't seeing <laughs> you just ain't seeing the shit. So that was my only downfall. It was no, you know what? Yes, Winterfall Battle Dark. Yes, oh, it's God. like. It's almost that. that. It's almost that. It's not so dark. Like, you still see Nicolas Cage and shit. Uh, but, like, the stuff that he's supposed to be looking at and interacting with sometimes. Dude, that shit was so dark that I stopped <laughs> I stopped the playing to turn up my, my brightness. The brightness? And it probably and didn't do anything. It didn't do anything. Then I thought that it was the encoding. And, like, yeah. I wasn't watching it at the highest quality because it, everything was pixelated. Like, the whole <laughs> fucking screen was just pixels. I'm like, what is going on? And then I would go on Twitter and everybody's memeing about like pixels and how fucking dark it was. And I was like, holy yeah. shit, this this is what you put out? This is the climax? This is the big, this is it? And you put this out? Are you guys fucking Remember high? when the guy came out and oh said, it's just because you're not watching on calibrated displays? No, you're high as fuck. Every <laughs> television in the world saw the same thing. It was ass. <laughs> <laughs> it was ass. They fucked up hard. The cinematography and lighting was garbage. It was non-existent. Uh, so it's not that bad, but okay. it is dark enough that when I when I was watching it, it made me think that it was a bad encode in a couple of spots. But it's not. It's it's not. It's and and it's almost exclusively nighttime scenes when it happens. It's just that I wish that you know I get what they were going for. It just kind of was unfortunate. It didn't work yeah. for me anyway. Right. But a very good movie. I can understand why it's getting good reviews from critics for sure. Uh, and that's it for movies and TV, unless uh, you've got anything else. No, that's it. Which means it's time to move on to... Tech support. Patreon.com slash like TV. If you want to financially support the podcast for $10 or more a month, you get a few perks. One of which is being able to ask us questions on a post that I put up before the podcast each week called Tech Support. We answer as many of those 
as we can in the time that we have. Uh, ah, okay, here you go. This is unique. Seth asks, uh, finish this sentence. This is a, a, a very uh, common meme, but finish this sentence. Yeah, sex is great, but have you ever? So what is what is your ending to that? Sex is great, but have you ever? Had sushi. <laughs> Fair ball. Mm-hmm. Fair ball. Um, man. Um, man. You know what? Just because this is the other day. Sex is great, but have you ever had your back scratched when you needed it? Because there is a time where you can have your back scratched and it feels just kind of okay. But every once in a while, your skin is in a certain mood and you scratch and it feels like ecstasy. And when that happens and somebody actually scratches your back at that moment, mm. actual bliss. So I'm going to go with that. Big fan of back scratches personally. I'm not. <laughs> uh... Foot massages also not terrible, and I don't really I like ever that. get those. I like that, but I'm not a big fan of light touching. Um, it just it gives you the shivers. Yeah, it gives me the shivers. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh, let's see. Time Tricks asks, "What was the hardest obstacle of your life that you successfully overcame, and how did you manage to overcome it?" It's a fucking heavy question. Honestly, for me, it was, and it can, and it comes up once in a while. And and the last, you know, the last eighteen months has certainly not done it any favors. Uh, when I was really young, like 11, 10, 11 years old, I had a couple of health problems, and it ended up giving me a fair amount of of anxiety because I didn't want to go too far from home. And then feel horribly sick all the time. Um, I had like a bunch of uh, gastrointestinal issues <clears throat> that uh, that eventually I grew out of. Mostly, not entirely, but mostly. Um, and then that anxiety that that anxiety developed into several different forms of anxiety throughout my teenage years, for a whole whack of different reasons. Uh, and then. And then went away, and it just comes and goes in waves. Like, I'll go for, like, I'll have, like, a, a, a nine months to a year or two of, like, not having any real anxiety. And then all of a sudden, I'm just hit with a wave, and you get fucking buried in the shit. Um, and, uh, and so what I've discovered is that anxiety, you know, anxiety, when you're somebody who's prone to it, is not something that you necessarily just overcome once and then never and then never have to battle with it again it just it's invariably going to come back it's it's learning to deal with it when it comes and recognizing it so that's what I, and that's really the answer to how i overcame it is with my anxiety is you have to recognize that it is anxiety yeah <laughs> and then or, or it goes bad or it goes, it goes bad like if you if bad. you just let yeah. it go yeah you know you, you get fucked up your body starts doing weird shit your heart starts getting you fucked up die. Yeah, you still like, you think you're gonna, gonna die. die? Like it's brutal. <laughs> so you have yeah. to recognize it as anxiety, and then you have to learn the ways of of like. And everyone's different. It's like you have to. For me, I have to have an internal dialogue with myself, uh, or monologue, I guess in that case. But it doesn't really matter either way. Uh, and you have to like 
um, logically lay out because anxiety is, is illogical almost always. Very rarely is anxiety a logical response to something. So you have to bring logic to it, to those thoughts and feelings, and work, or I do anyway, and then work that out. And then I get myself leveled out and then uh, get up and moving and do something. And eventually your, your mind, when it doesn't have the ability to simply focus on just the anxiety, you can kind of, like, it, you'll, you won't even realize you're not thinking about it anymore. And then like a few hours later, you'd be like, oh, I don't feel anxious anymore. And you didn't even realize that it went away. So that was kind of, uh, that was kind of, uh, how I tackle it. Everyone's anxiety battle is different, but anxiety's definitely been the most. And um, unfortunately it, it was rooted from early childhood stuff. So that's really hard to fucking work out of your body. If you've got some shit that happens when you're younger in life, it's a tough mountain to, to, to get out of the, uh, out of your system, uh, for sure. But, uh, but that's probably been my biggest thing. Cause otherwise I'm just, I'm just a privileged white guy. So, like, no other fucking hurdles there. Just crippling anxiety. <laughs> That's been my hurdle. Uh, jeez. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I do. And there's a couple of things, but I'm not going to share them on the internet. Um, not everything is shareable. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, one that I'm willing to share is, like, you know, uh, g- getting a relationship with my dad. It's pretty tough to do. Um, I mean, obviously we've been cool, cool on the other side of the pillow for uh, years now. Yeah. Probably eight or nine years. Um, but there was a time where our relationship was not good. Uh, not good. It at was all. the hot, the hot side of the pillow. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, that took, uh, that, that was, that was a, a hurdle that, I that I had to overcome and, you know, it was more so, um, I mean, we both had to do some mature, uh, maturing and, and um, I, I, I personally had to just look at it from a different perspective. I mean, I was looking at it from the perspective of a teenager or a young, you know, young kid uh, holding a bunch of baggage. Um, and then when I was old enough to voice my opinion, I also became old enough to almost... I don't want to say relive the things he did, but I was able to put it in perspective as an adult. You process it as an adult, which is yeah. different from processing which it as a kid. Which is just different. You just realize yeah. that, like, you know, some people just don't have all the answers. Some people make mistakes. Um, some people are just winging it. Most of us are. Um, and, you know, you're able to take a step back, especially when you get older and you realize responsibilities and the pressures of life and um, all these different things. Uh, so, you know, once, once I did, once I, once I did that and, and, you know, it was, it was, it was easier, it was easier to let things go. And that was pretty much what I had to do is just let things go and move forward. And it's been great ever since dad and I are super close. Um, and I'm happy that I did that. And I suggest, uh, I would recommend to anybody that is watching this, that if you, if you have a strained relationship with, uh, a family member that you care about, um, or, or a friend, um, you know, and, and it's something that's repairable. I mean, there are certain things in my opinion that are just not, they're just not repairable. Like sometimes you just got to let go. Um, but a lot of not worth the effort. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you were abused or, you know, things like still finding forgiveness is probably important for you. Uh, not necessarily for the other fuck, what the other person really thinks, but it's more for you. But I think if he is just relational issues or, you know, how it was, 
it wasn't more so uh it was without getting too deep um it it's it's worth it because you only got one family you know you only got one group of friends you know if adam and i had a big falling out you know it's worth it for us to find a common ground and get over whatever issues are because there's a lifetime. I would lose right? 98% of my friend group. If Jeff and I were no longer friends, I literally have like yes. three friends. Yeah, me too. So, you know, <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, you just, sometimes you just got to let things go and just get a different perspective. And I was able to be separated from, t- with, for, for a, a period of time. Right. It wasn't like I it was, we were going at each other's throats for years. It was just like no contact, very minimal. That was the show. And then you just wake up one day an adult and you're like, what am I doing this for? What the fuck? <laughs> you know, what the fuck? What are Sometimes we that's here? what it takes. Cause like your yeah. perspective shifts when you enter adulthood. And like you mentioned before, like the one that definitely I think matters the most, almost or one of the most important parts is that you realize that everyone's just winging this shit. Yep. When you're young. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, when you're young and you look at adults, you're like, Oh, they figured they figured all this shit out. <laughs> it's whatever. Hell no. No. Nobody knows what the shit they're doing out here. No. No matter how much it looks like somebody's got their shit together, everyone is flying by the seat of their fucking pants. Yeah. My parents every still single don't day have all their shit together. You know. <laughs> you know they're they and I don't think you ever do. I think that's the no. process of life. You know, shit gets thrown life at throws you enough curveballs. There's no, yeah. there's no, there's no such thing as just softballs the whole time. That's just it. I don't have it all together. I don't think anybody does. Right. So, you know, but when you're younger, that's what you think. You think, you know, that, that the, the people you look up to your dependents that like they have the answers for everything and, and that they don't get scared and they don't, you know, make mistakes or, or, or think a certain way or, you know, or you're not allowed to have a different view on certain things. Like we're human. It happens and it happened and I realized it wasn't as it was serious, but it wasn't like I should never talk to this person again. Serious. Like, what are we doing here? You know, it's <laughs> ridiculous. So, yeah. Um, Lazy Phoenix asks. All right, there you go. It's a Starcraft question. Mr. Black's been playing Starcraft this week. What was your favorite or I guess in this instance, what is your favorite or are your favorite Starcraft two units from each faction? One from each. I think we've said our specific one before, but. What's our each faction favorite? And I'll even pull this back to Brood War and fucking original StarCraft, because I'm going to be honest, most of mine are the original <laughs> units mm. and not necessarily just StarCraft 2. Archon is the Protoss unit, and that's, not, that's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, mine's, mine's Dark Templar. From the shadows, I... Come. <laughs> uh, no, definitely Dark Temp... For Protoss, um, Zerg. We're talking StarCraft Two unit, right? I'll I'll say any StarCraft unit because for me, it's Archon Goliath is my favorite oh my Terran goodness. unit. Uh, if it was if it had to be StarCraft Two for Terran, then I don't even know what it would fucking be. Battle Cruiser, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I guess because really, it's Goliath is my mm, favorite by yeah. a long shot. I think Zerg, I'll probably go, um, I'll probably go the Ultralisk. Mm. Um, and then for Terran, um, and Terran units are so fucking bland and boring. It's insane. 
Uh, I'm probably is gonna kind of be cheating, but I'm gonna go with the Marine. I just think the Marine is Marine. I mean, it's a it's it's the it's the the units, the one on the cover of the game. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Marine. Uh, Thor's not a bad, not a bad choice. That's a, that's probably the coolest unit they have. But the Marine is just versatile. It's basic. It it is what it is. It's got stim. Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go those three. But you know, I probably would pick Thor over it just as from a cool unit. But I'll go with the Marine. Um, yeah, Goliath, <clears throat> Archon, and for Zerg. Oh man, for Zerg, I'm somewhere between. I really used um, to like the Scarab or whatever it was, or the Scourge or whatever it was. I was the, gonna, the, I was gonna say the not the Scourge. Well, the Scourge is like the the the, the suicide air that blow, unit that blows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um 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 the um what was the name of it? The damn unit that uh, put up all the the clouds, the gas. Oh, clouds. the Defiler or whatever. Defiler. It was? Yeah. So I like the Defiler. I like the uh, and then the Guardian from from Brood War. Oh yeah, was the like, Gar- oh, I forgot about the Guardian. Ooh, the Guardian, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, we 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 definitely, in my opinion, we definitely downgraded when we went from Goliath to Thor, and we downgraded when we went from like Guardian to like fucking what is it? Uh, Swarm, Swarm host. No. It's a downgrade. That was an un- that was an unnecessary unit change. Get that yeah. shit out of there. But yeah, there you go. Um, or if you're an asshole, mutilisks, box them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> box those bitches. Um, Dapbeard, or as he's affectionately known in my community, Datbread. Bone in or boneless chicken wings, even though boneless wings are basically nuggets. That's my like. That's true. Like, there's no such thing as boneless wings. You're either eating chicken wings or eating nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Listen, um, I, I I have to go with chicken wings with the bone, but I will say this: if I'm out and about or I want to eat quickly. I'm going with the chick, the boneless chicken nugget thing. Oh yeah, dipped in sauce. But it's if convenient. I'm out, yeah, if I'm out at the bar and I'm watching a game or um, chatting with the boys, I got to get some wings, man. I want to, you know, eat them off the bone. You know that that's. I want to. I, I want to be able to. There's something that's minimalistic about eating chicken man, wings. Did you just say minimalistic? Yeah. Is that even a, a word? <laughs> Is that, is that a, a combination of man and animalistic? Yes, yes. It's a new word. I it's a new word. That's the that's podcast title, manimalistic. Yeah, like that's you know, I feel like that. I feel like that's a word. And if it isn't, it I is just now. Made it, one. <laughs> uh, it is now. There, there is something <laughs> manimalistic about eating chicken wings. It just feels like, you know, I should be doing this. You know, I, oh. I don't know it's something instinctual. Shit, that's got to go up on uh, if that's not already on Urban Dictionary with Jeff's with Jeff's name attached to it. Manimalistic. There it is. Uh, it, chicken wings have to have bone. I mean, they taste better first of all because there's bone in them, so yep. that helps substantially. They also are less dry because they've got bone in them. Uh, unless you go to a place that's like cooked, recooked the wings fourteen thousand times and they're bone dry. No pun intended. Um. 
but yeah, I, I would say, <clears throat> I would say the same thing. Like if I'm sitting down, if I'm going to a, like a, a restaurant or a bar or whatever, and it's wing night, I want bones yeah. in those wings. Yeah. It slows you down too. Like, yeah. You know, it makes it almost like you well, gotta, some people, some people some have gotten people. really efficient at literally yeah. sucking the thing, like the shit yeah. off of the bone. Like it's, I try, like, you know, like the, 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 the two stick yeah, and they get it and they like manage to like, they take the, and it's nothing but bone. Yeah. I have tried that my whole life. So you know how you do it? So you, you got to go at the top of the wing, you got to grab it and you got to push down on the meat. Okay. So you literally grab it and you push down on the meat Okay. and then you put it in your mouth. And then yeah. you just rip it off. So like when you push down on the meat from the top, it breaks it all off the bone. And then when you put it in your mouth, you slide it off and it's clean. Okay. Cause like I've been trying to do it. I'd go at the top nah. where it's, where it's connected. Cause there's a loose end and a tied end. Right. Yeah. So I take the connected end, put it in the mouth, get my teeth in, force my tongue up between the two bones and pull back. And that's what my method has been. Uh, but just never managed to make it work. So that's oh, the man. that's the secret then. Yeah, so what's yeah. your sauce choice though? I'm a medium guy. I used to I used to be a hot, but my uh, my stomach and my my whole system, um, it don't work like it used to. If I eat too much hot <laughs> wings, I literally have the Hershey squirts. Oh, it's yeah, unfortunate. So, yeah. So or if I eat too many of them, uh, so I'm a medium guy now. But I'll still fuck with the odd hot wing. But I just can't eat 20, 30 hot wings. It's just no. It, and I don't do like to either. To I, I do a mix. I'll get like, I'll get like, you know, five or six hot wings and then the rest I'll mix it up. But like sweet, sweet, Thai, uh, sweet Thai chili is like definitely my secondary. I'll just go hot, medium, sweet Thai chili to end it off. Cause it like, it's got a bunch of sugar in it and shit. Those are like, uh, my, my top, my top three for sure. Um, Okay. Uh Jorbach asks, Nether Realm loses it, Nether Realm being the guys who make a Mortal Kombat, and decides to make you a bonus Mortal Kombat character. What are your special moves and fatality? Well, mine is what I just described, is I take you by the connected end and I put you in my mouth and I shove my tongue up between the bones and I pull you <laughs> There you go. Okay. Like a chicken wing. No, I actually have no idea what my what my special moves would be. Um, it would be something along the lines of breaking my own back, uh, throwing out my knees, mm. uh, and then shooting you because I physically can't fight anymore. Hmm. Dude, I don't know what my fatality would be. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know how you guys think of these damn questions. <laughs> Holy fuck. Are you just are you just jacks? Is that it? Are you just jacks? No. No. I Because who's know. your favorite Mortal Kombat character? Uh, probably Raiden. Raiden's or pretty Scorpion, you know, one of the two. I I I, I like Raiden a lot. But yeah, I don't know. I, 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 that, that question stumps me. I really don't know what, what my finishing move would be. Yeah. Like, I guess if we were to take, if we were to like combine our favorite characters to make what our character would be, I'd go, it's, it's Kung Lao is my favorite character overall. You know, the guy with the razor hat, yeah. Kung Lao. So Kung Lao, uh, Raiden and uh, reptile are my top three favorites. So mash those three together somehow. There's my character. But Kung Lao is hideously underrated, and anyone that plays as him, much respect. 
Much respect. Um, Deanies, any good tips for job hunting? Uh, don't stop. Okay. Like right now. It's a job. Right now, (laughs) there are so many jobs available right now. It's actually insane. Especially in, in like the service industry. There, there is jobs everywhere. Uh, there are construction jobs nonstop. There are, uh, service industry retail uh there are millions and millions of jobs available um so you know if anybody out there uh at least if you live in america uh and i'm talking north america um and you say you can't find a job you can't find a job that you want uh there are tons of jobs out there right now because there's so many people that don't want to go back to work uh for a large number of reasons um, and a big part of it is people have been being lazy for the last year and a half because they've been forced to, uh, and now they just got used to whatever misery they're in and they don't want to go back to work or they're getting government assistance and they're realizing they're making more money from getting checks from the government, at least from here in Canada, can't speak on the U S uh, than what they were working at Walmart or, you know, whatever other might tell are. you something about minimum wage, don't don't you think? Well, if they're might, making more money on government assistance, you, it, it might tell you something about people's work ethic, right? Like if you're if you're okay with working at Walmart, making minimum wage, and li- living basically in the poverty line, and then you're going to complain about it, that sounds like a you problem. It doesn't sound well, like I mean, a minimum wage problem. It sounds like a you problem. I mean, not everyone There's, is cut out to be a computer programmer. I'm not asking anybody to be a computer programmer. I'm not saying that at all, but if your desire in life is to go as far as to be a door greeter or a cashier at Walmart, and then you're also going to complain, I'm talking about the people that are complaining. Sure. Listen, if that's what you want to do and you're okay with that, you're, you're free to do whatever you want. I'm happy that you found that piece. Uh, but most people that work at Walmart or work at McDonald's, probably a better, better, even better example is they hate their fucking life. They hate their job. They hate their life. They hate that they, they don't like the pay, they don't like uh, really anything to do with the job. Uh, so if you don't like it, then work a second job or work on your skills so that you can get a better paying job. And there are tons of them out there. Ton. Uh, and yes, I do believe minimum wage should be more as well. But yeah. that it, but it isn't going to change the fact that the job is still dog shit. It's, you know, you get paid well, $3 more yes. an hour you're still miserable at that. Fucking I think, al- I think, I think ultimately the idea is that if you work full-time hours in a, in a minimum wage job, you should still be able to adequately afford like a one room apartment and food within reason. I think that's probably what people are shooting for, which I think some of them are finding that government assistance is allowing them to get to that point a little well, easier I think, than, I think, than I think there's a lot of people that are just being lazy. And the reality is, is if they want to work more than 32 or 36 hours a week to afford more than a one bedroom apartment and food, they should do that. Most people go, Hey, I'm working full time already. I'm not working anymore. Well, that's, you know, you get what you put in. <laughs> you only want 36 hours making $12 an hour. That's a you problem. Go work 50 hours. Why can't you work 10 hours a day for five days a week? Is it that hard? Do you, do you want to eat that bad or do you just want to complain? Or do you want to take government paychecks that I'm paying for because I don't work 40 hours a week? That's the way I look at it. Everybody has, has got a built-in excuse. The work is out there. 
So if you got to work at McDonald's and Walmart to make up 60 hours a week so you can afford those things, then do that. That's the position that you're in when you take these low entry jobs and you don't provide any real economic value. You're replaceable. They're not going to pay you. They can't pay you $20 an hour because the work that you do doesn't doesn't make the company $23 an hour. You flip burgers or you, or you you sit at a at a cashier. And once again, that's not a shot at anybody that does that. It's not me making fun of anybody. I'm just speaking the truth. People don't want to hear the truth. That, that's just, you get what you put in. Like, I tell you, if I lost everything, I would make $100,000 a year, guaranteed within three years, from work ethic alone. I don't have a degree. You think I'm going to go work at McDonald's? It's not going to happen. It, does, it doesn't exist. And if I did, if I had to, to, to put some kind of food on the table, then I'd work at McDonald's 80 hours a week, not 40. Because I couldn't get by on that. It's work ethic. Go out there and get it, guys. Hopefully it fires you up, man. There's so many jobs out there. There's so much shit out there. It's like, it's like the best time ever to get hired. Especially if you've got the vaccine. Like now they're forcing people to get vaccines to work. You have a vaccine, there's going to be tons of people like, I ain't getting the vaccine. Go take their job. Go get it. Go get it. <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm, I'm just about, that guy. About, about, find, about actually finding a job, though. If you are, for whatever reason, having a harder time finding a job, whether it's because you're looking for a job within your field and not just any job that's currently available, whether or not it's because you don't have the skill set for it or they're not hiring somebody with your skill set, all you can do is, is and this is the, the case whether there is a bull or bear market for jobs, is when you don't have a job, your job is applying for jobs. Yes. That's pretty much, that's pretty much all there is to it. If you, if you, because there are, the reality is, is that even when there is a, a, a surplus of jobs, there are still going to be lots of people applying for jobs, and you're not always going to be the one that gets picked from a stack in HR, and everyone knows what the process is like now. You're, you're, you've got a, a full-on resume, and then you're filling in the resume for like a second time on a, on a website application, but then they also ask you to submit your resume and cover letter separately, uh, and, uh, and then somebody at HR is then gonna have to file that shit by order of of what they feel like is is good or bad after the computer's done some of the work um it's so you you have to assume that your name is shoved in because it is with a shitload of other people also looking for a lot of these jobs especially if it's not necessarily working a uh, a service industry a retail job um where you know your resume isn't as uh as required to be spectacular um, if you're doing battle with other people, then you have to assume that, uh, you know, you're not going to get a job at that place. And so you have to, don't just fall into the trap of applying to like three places and then leaving it and waiting to hear back from them. Because a lot of times you won't even hear back from them. So just keep applying, never stop applying to, to, to jobs. And, uh, the only other thing I could think of perhaps is, um, when you, when you, what was I going to say? I'm losing my train of thought right now. Um, oh, so when you, uh, when you are applying for jobs and whatnot, um, 
and you see that they say something like five years experience required and it's like an entry job or some bullshit. Um, even if you don't feel like you have the experience, just fucking apply for the job. Just, just write in, uh, in your cover letter, in your resume and order it specifically for that job. Don't just do blanketed fucking bullshit and do your best to frame what experience you do have for that job. Because the fact of the matter is every employer puts like, I want an employee for entry level wage. They've got five to seven years of experience and all they're going to do is that data entry at a fucking desk. Ignore the five to seven year bullshit. Apply anyway. Because oh all God. you're looking to do is have a conversation with somebody. There's so many jobs out there. Like, it's such a frustrating topic for me because, like, I'm just, and I'm just so blunt about it, which upsets people. But Jesus Christ, stop being lazy. Just go get a job. Like, I know it sounds super simple, but, like, just like what Adam said, you're every waking hour. Pretend your life is on the line. You got bills to pay. You need to put food on the table. Go out there. Like, if you're out there, like, a full work day, eight hours a day looking for work. If it ain't working, make it 12 hours a day. Stop watching Netflix. Stop watching YouTube. Stop watching Twitch. Get your ass out there and bust your ass. I'm telling you right now, if you spend eight hours a day looking for a job for a week and you can't find it, there is something wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with the system. I'm telling you. It's, there, there are very small, small cases where there is legitimately a massive issue with work. Legitimately. But the vast majority, you can find work. I, I, could, I, could go, I could go out right now and find a job tomorrow doing something. Like, I could make $100, $200 tomorrow doing something. Whether it's freelance work, whether it's going to a walk-in a construction spot with, a, with some hard... With some hard uh, uh, steel toe boots on and a hammer and people are going to go tell me to fucking pick up metal scraps and move it from one pile to the other. And I'll make a decent wage. It's not the best, but it's to get your ass moving. It's, it's out there. Just the reality is man, people don't, they're, they're more consumed with excuses than they are with the process of getting it. And it, it's easier said than done, but a lot of it is mental. A lot of it is mental. People give up too fast. Or they start hearing the shit that, that everybody else is regurgitating because everybody else is miserable around them. There's nothing out there. So they start believing it. It's out there. You just got to go want it. People are going to hire people that want it. Bring value to whatever it is that you're doing. You don't need to go out there and be the programmer or be a firefighter or whatever. You don't need to do those things. You just need to get to work. And then, you know, find a second job. Bust your ass until you can get into a position to do something that you, that you want to do. It, it takes time. No, I'm not out of touch. That's the thing, right? And whenever, whenever I talk about this stuff, I, I, I people's panties get in, get in a bunch because I speak the truth. And people don't like it. And I'm not going to pretend like I'm not going to cater to your insecurities. And I'm just not going to do it, right? So you're going to ask my opinion on it. I'm going to give it to you. Um, sometimes it's probably best. I don't because a lot of people don't share my values. They don't, they don't, they don't share my, my way of thinking there. You know, there's a lot of, you know, I get it. People struggle. I trust me. I was there. I understand it. Uh, but it's just too many excuses. It's too many excuses, too many ridiculous hot takes in the chat. Um, and, and that's okay. I respect your opinion, but listen, 
I it's dude, I'm not any more skilled than anybody else. Seriously, just because I'm on a podcast or I, str- I stream for a living, play fucking video games. You know, I'm not doing anything particularly uh, skillful. You know, I'm a good speaker. Um, and I learned that from doing this for a decade. Uh, but outside of that, I could go find a job with guaranteed. I could get work tomorrow, but I could guaranteed find a job job within a week. 100%. And I don't have any special skills. I didn't go to school. I don't have a degree. It's out there. I'm not special. I'm just hungry, motivated. They don't take no for an answer. And once people, you know, once people do that, you'll get out and get, you'll get what you want, or at least you'll get something to work towards that. But I'm not going to apologize for my views. I just can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I like. So, I agree with the concept of because that was part of my answer here. Was was um, come on, camera, find me. There you go. Um, part of the answer, my answer being, you know, that you have to treat finding a job as a job because a lot of people don't do that. That's that's when I when I. Uh, if I was going to call somebody lazy, it would be people in that situation where they aren't treating finding a job the same as having a job. You know, like a, most people don't you wake though. up That's the and, thing. and, and do facts, that. Man. When people don't have um, a job, most aren't treating no job like a job. Like that. So, they're getting comfortable, bro. They're they're binge watching Netflix. They're binge watching yeah. Twitch. They're watching YouTube. They're getting distracted because it's painful. It's a painful place to be. It's uncomfortable. It's not fun. And then yeah. when you got when you got government dangling checks, it's the easy way out. It just is. Especially if you go to work busting your ass at a shitty job you hate, eight, ten hours a day for 40 hours a week, and you're you're barely making more. Why wouldn't you just take the government check? That's what so goes like, through a lot. That's what goes through a lot of the a lot of people's minds. It's just reality. Sure. So yeah, like the, I like it, it's it's, uh, I think it's a, a crazy nuanced topic because you know there's depending on what industry, and I guess you have to look at it like this too. You know, there's a difference between having um, no work in the field that you are trained in specifically. Because his people, people tend to choose a, um, a path in life in which they want to, to work a certain job. And in, in pretty much almost every instance, that requires a certain level of experience at the ground floor working up within whatever that is, right? So if you're, even if like in retail, for example, most people are going to want to hire a floor manager uh, from the list of people that have been working the floor as a not manager, because they know the ins and outs of all the systems, they know the people, they can be trained uh, to do floor management work, and from there, a floor manager can become store manager, and a store manager can be moved into uh, being a regional manager, and so on and so forth. Um, it's similar in in uh, more labor roles, where 
Uh, you know, you walk onto a construction site, and you would know this, Jeff, because you did some with your dad when you were younger. You walk onto a construction site, and you don't just go straight to framing a house. You're picking up wood. You're moving it from point A to point B. Uh, you know, it's similar to, like, when you're first learning to make sushi. You wash rice for fucking, like, ten years. Yep. You don't get to touch the sushi until you've washed the rice, uh, until your hands are falling off. Um, you know, there, there's so depending on what job you're trying to get, um, in the industry that you're hoping to work in or some sort of occupation, um, the further, the longer the amount of time that you are, I guess this is how I'm going, a long, long-winded way of trying to say is that there's a difference between getting work to live and your career path. And sometimes getting work to live is uh, for some people, especially in the last, obviously in the last, let's say, um, shit, since about 2015, 2016 has been particularly uh, a shift in labor markets. The, the working to live part and, and, and just to get food on the table and, and a roof over your head comes before you get into the the uh, field that you're that you are actually trained in and want to work in whether or not you're making a bunch of money you could technically make it's like me like if, if i wanted to to use my degree uh it was I, actually this is the same value proposition so when we first started like tv and it took off total biscuit fucking liked the video and the whole thing was you know it was all you know uphill from there for for quite some time uh and i had just graduated and i was literally in a job for my degree getting paid the most money that I could grab outside of moving to Toronto, that was the most money that I was able to make for my degree. And when Lag TV took off, I looked at it and said, all right, um, I'm in and I'm, I'm already set foot in a, a career path that is using what I went to school for and what I'm interested in, but this provides uh, a, an opportunity to make even more money uh, for a relative you know, foreseeable future. Uh, than I could doing something else. And I still loosely use some of the skills I learned in school. And I made the value judgment where I said, all right, I'm going to put my career over here and take this path because it was literally uh, almost twice as much money at the time that I was making. So when my contract ran up, we just went full-time content creation and that's what I chose to do for the, for the money. And it's similar for some people when they leave school or they leave their, you know, their, whether and school doesn't have to be university, it could be anything. And sometimes you have to take jobs that aren't related to your field before something opens up for you to actually use your skills. The shitty part is about that, and what does happen is that, and this isn't my what happened to me with Lag TV by any means, but this is, uh, uh, but this does happen a lot. Is that when people do that, they get trapped in. In, in the working to live and never getting into that other occupation or they struggle to and they know that when they get into that occupation eventually they have to pre- it's like pressing the reset button because they're not developing their skills for that job so they have to start from the bottom again and continue to work up from there when I they think, eventually yeah. hit it I, I, and I so it can and it can be and it can be challenging in that regard. It's not that the jobs aren't there. I don't think that's it, man. I, I, the, I, I, I well, don't let me finish my thought. Let me finish my thought. So because it's not just it. And I think that's where you and I differ is that I, I think that in part, not in whole, but in part, you see this as a lot more about ones and zeros. A lot more 
dichotomous, a lot more black and white, and not the crazy gradient that is the labor market uh, and what people do when searching for jobs and acquiring and, and, and doing work over time and the choices that have to be made. Like, for example, a really challenging thing right now for people getting back into the workforce, um, uh, even out of office work, is childcare. And you would know this because when you and Kayla first had Kai, one of the things on the table were, well, is Kayla going to go back to work? And then like 80% of her salary is going to invariably get eaten up by childcare because of the cost of childcare. And so Kayla is more or less working a very difficult job because she was an extended care nurse, a very difficult job, breaking her back every day with the, the elderly, ultimately to come home, to have somebody else take care of Kai for most of the day, and then still have to do that for, for not much extra money versus just going and having you because you have the income to carry both where she gets to be a stay-at-home mom. People, on average, rarely get to carry a household on a single income anymore, especially with a child in the, in the equation. And healthcare uh, aside, childcare is then the next biggest topic federally for us and provincially it was for uh, electing new officials because childcare has become so expensive in conjunction with both people in a household needing to work to break above the, not poverty line necessarily, but breaking above to the point where you can actually put money away for retirement. That's, that's one of those factors. So it's like, there's so, so many tendrils at play here that it's, if it was a singular person with no significant other that was relatively young still in life and they're just out and they're looking for work and you're just grinding your heart out because you can at the time and there's not very many other variables at play, that's 100% a thing. You could find work uh, doing almost anything if you don't care about what the work is that you do or, or what it pays or what hours, when it happens, whether it's night shift or day shift. You know, you can definitely find work, but it's not always about just the work itself. It's what's the ramifications of that work in relation to what else is going on in their life, what their goals are, uh, and what they have to do to be able to get into a career path that ultimately they are looking to do, unless serendipitously, like for you and I, and this is where I'll end my thought, where you and I got into something that neither of us thought was going to happen, where a career path that neither of us had in mind opened up for a decade um, yeah, but because of what it. we did. Yeah, but I worked. Yes, no, I understand. Extremely but harder I'm, than most, right? I'm not saying, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to, Jeff, calm the fuck about the I, work in your ass. I'm not even talking about grind right now. I'm talking about the fact that we took something that when we did it, it was not a planned thing. So what I'm saying is some people occasionally get lucky like we did, not because of work ethic things, just because we were doing it at the time and it happened that we were able to then continue to work hard and do it because we wanted to continue that. So if somebody, for example, just so that you understand the comparison I'm making, if somebody, for example, leaves school and they can't find work in what they went to school for, so they have to go do something else, Right. They find something else and they do it. And within doing that, and they're working hard, opportunities happen within that environment 
that they actually find something that they enjoy and they don't feel the need to go back to chasing a different career path that they had originally gone to school for. And that does happen sometimes. doesn't happen all the time, but it does. And it can still be a rewarding and financially viable path for those people, which is what happened for that. us. Yeah, but that – well, what happened for <clears> me <throat> was I, I did not 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 have a job. I was working full-time as a server, and I, I was creating a side but hustle. But were you going to be a server for the rest of your life? I didn't have plans. I was just paying the bills, going – Day by exactly. day, that, exactly. That, that was that was what I was doing. But we're talking about yeah. somebody that is trying to find work. I was working, and I was working a full time job, and then I was staying up till three or four o'clock in the morning making videos, and then going home my break making more videos, and making this a reality. Um, I grinded my day job for six months while I did this before I took the leap. This wasn't something that just luckily came up upon me. It was both of us worked hard for it. Uh, but I thought the question was trying to find work. It's not about trying to find your career. It's most people. When somebody asks finding work, they're not saying, can I find a job at the local McDonald's and then work a double at the Wendy's across the street? Oh, okay. So that's, that's not when nobody asks, can I find work at McDonald's? Somebody, when somebody says how to find a job, it's because they're trying to find work within their, their skill set. Well, you know, most people that are jobless don't really have much of a skill set. They haven't gone That's out there. That's horseshit. They haven't gone. <laughs> no, 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 it's not horseshit. Most of the people that are looking for jobs have not studied or practiced a certain skill set. And if they are and if they have and you've taken arts in university and you're wondering why you can't find a job on the way out, it's probably because it's the degree that you're trying to, that you've that you've got and there isn't a large job pool when you get out of there. So you're you're not setting yourself up for immediate success. What I'm talking about is people that are saying they can't find work. What they're saying when they can't find work is they can't find work that they actually want to do. But there are there is tons of work out there if they want to pay the bills and actually work. But instead, they opt to not look at the jobs, the barrier, the entry jobs, because they want a specific field or they want to work in a specific industry. And they're having a hard time finding that niche or that role that they want. And they're refusing to go and apply or get a job in the places that they don't necessarily want. But if they go and they work and then they work at the side job while they go and try and find that career or the the lane that they want to be in, they can do that. They just don't want to do that. Most people don't want to do that. That's what I'm saying. There is work out there. There are jobs out there. It's just the bad. The thing is, most people don't want those jobs. That's why they're saying there's no work out there. No, no, there's no work that meets all of your check marks in this specific time and moment. So what do you do? You just take money from the government or you complain that there's no jobs. There are jobs. They're just not ones that you want. And that's okay. But work at that until you get the job that you want. It's not it's not rocket science. We'll leave her there. Yeah, we can we can leave it there. I mean, we'll listen, man. I hey, I'm gonna be the bad guy because I have the more conservative. It's, it's not gonna, about listen, being a good or a bad no, guy, it's just no, two it different is, opinions. No, yeah, it's two vastly different opinions. Yeah, but one doesn't have to be good and bad. It just depends on what whoever's listening. There will be people that are, that agree with you and me. It's not about good guy, bad guy. No, I. I well, I mean, when it's kind of a shitty have, way to look at an, at any discussion well, is no, that somebody well, has to way, be good and bad. Well, the way that you frame it 
is you're giving a lot of the benefit of the doubt to the person and their feelings and what and what they want to do. But what Not I'm their doing, feelings, their circumstance. Well, circumstances, nuances, whatever you know, buzzword you want to put on it. I mean, nuance my, is pretty my, important. My thing, I'm not saying it's not important, Adam. I'm not saying it's not important, but there's not a nuance and, 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 and uh, an excuse for every time that somebody says there isn't work. There's work. There's just not work that you want to do. That's what I'm saying, right? And when I say things like that, it's, it, it comes off like I'm, I'm not sympathetic. I don't have empathy. I don't, I don't feel for people or I haven't gone through the struggle myself, which I have. Uh, but people don't like hearing these things. They don't. And no matter how you frame it, it's never going to sound bad because it's packaged in a way that, that is, it's kind of like giving out a reward to everybody at a baseball game. Even if you lose, it's, it's your participation. There's an excuse for it. And that's okay. I, I understand my side is, you know, yeah, I care about your feelings, but listen, I don't care about them that much to the point where you can't go and find work, even if you got to suck it up and do something shitty for a year, two years, three years, while you try and find the thing that you really want to do and you earn that position instead of feeling entitled to the things that you want to do. The universe, sometimes you're just not, sometimes you're just not good. Sometimes you're just not qualified or good, or maybe there's people that are just better than you, hungrier than you, that are, that are, that are more eager to do those things. There's a, there's a lot of different reasons why people can't find work. And a lot of them is you look in the mirror and it's a you problem. It's not necessary. There are, there are situations where there's just no work for specific fields. Listen, if I want to be a, a, a person that uh, specifically uh, breeds goats and, you know, uh, you know, uh, how did your whatever, brain choose right? breed? Goats? I don't know if I, if I want to do, if I want to do something uh, like breeds goats, well, you know, whatever it is, whatever super goat I'm trying to do, uh, trying to create to when I breed these, there isn't a big market for that. There's not a lot of jobs. There's probably already somebody that has got that entire market cornered. And, the, you know, I, the, the, maybe, maybe that position opens up once every 10 years. Well, what am I going to do for the, for the next nine years before that position opens up? Well, I'm probably going to have to go work something shitty that I don't want to do until that opportunity uh, presents itself, then I'm going to jump on it instead of sitting around for nine years doing nothing. Um, and then maybe that goat thing becomes obsolete. Now I can't do it anymore. The, you know, I know it's kind of a, you know, on the cuff ex <laughs> just... ex ex example, but you see what I'm saying? Um, you know, a lot of the times people can't find jobs and a lot of it is rooted with the degree that they get or the set of skills that they do or don't have. If you're going to go to university and spend $80,000 on a student loan debt, and you're going into an industry because you thought it would be, you know, a nice thing to do to like be, I don't know, like a, uh, like a, an events coordinator for, for uh, charity work and nonprofit or whatever. I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. There probably isn't a big industry to go out there and, and get a job day one uh, making X amount of dollars with, with a huge thing. Hey, and that's fine. That, that's fine. But you also got to understand, depending on what skills that you, that you go and get, the job pool is going to be small. And if you want to, if you go and become a tradesman, if you go and work with your hands, you, you want to be a carpenter, the jobs are endless. And, and, you, and you, can, you can build multi-million dollar companies or you can work for a company and make you know $50,000 a year doing 40 hours a week. 
that's what you want to do. A lot of times people take these jobs, they get smothered in student loan debt, and they realized the thing that I want to do really was more of a passion thing that I probably should have done on the side of working a job to pay the bills so that I can actually afford to do this thing that I love that doesn't pay very much um, and, and not have to worry about bills because I busted my ass for X amount of years doing something that I hate so that I can do something that I love. Uh, and, you know, my, my thing is, is a lot of times people just don't want to work the jobs that are available. And here's the thing. I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to work them either. But if I had food to put on the table and you want to bring up kids, you want to bring up all this stuff. Listen, there's a reason why I waited till I was, you know, 32 years old to have a child for this specific reason, because I knew that with a child comes responsibility and more financial burden. So yeah, Kayla is able to stay home because I strategically planned my life out and had my, and had my son when I was in a financial position to do that. That's why we have that luxury. If I would have had Kai when I was 23 or 25, I wouldn't have that luxury today. Kayla would be working 40, 50 hours a week at a shit job, and we'd be netting an extra $500 a month, and then she's got to come home and be a mom on top of that, like most people. It's decisions that I made throughout that put me in a position to do and do the things that I want and have the flexibility to do that. This isn't just something that just fell into my lap. I don't think anyone is saying it fell into your lap. Well, I, I know, but when you bring up the argument that you have kids and you got to do this, it's like, I knew that. That's why I waited. You know, if, yes, I had but- a kid at, if I had a kid at 18, 19, 20, I don't, I, I'm not going to have that luxury. I'm not going to have that luxury. I, I don't think most people be- are, are cranking out kids at 18 years old. I mean, they're, they're, the people have kids young, but I don't think most people in the year 2021 are cranking out Listen, kids. Listen, at 23, at 23, 22, 25. I mean, I was a child at 25 still. I didn't have anything. It was just, I was just getting going. I didn't have any money. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I guess that's all, I guess it's all well and good, but there's, yeah, again, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a there's a lot of um just with the child thing there's a lot there that's unpackable like in terms of just you know having kids or you have a child whether you know intentional or otherwise or you're in a situation where you both had really great jobs but then one person uh lost the job and now it's getting back into a market but you have a child uh you know i there are people it's not that I don't disagree in fact I had this conversation with my own mother not long ago about how there are too many people having kids before they're financially stable to have kids yeah but that doesn't but that doesn't you know sometimes and oftentimes there are market swings that occur in which people already have kids and they're still relatively young kids and they still need care otherwise and one or uh, or both parents get into financially uh compromising situations at work or otherwise or COVID hits not everyone got government assistance off of COVID, even though they lost their jobs, things of that nature. Uh, and now they're getting back into the market and it's been two years and shit's uh, hitting fucking different. And, mm-hmm. and there's a, a lot there um, that, that complicates things. But uh, I don't disagree that there are people that are that would and do abuse government assistance if that's like the ultimate like bottom. I think the majority do, if I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's I don't think it's a, min- I don't think it's a minority. 
Like okay. I know that it's 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 an easy thing to say. Well, it's the minority in pretty much anything that's controversial. I I think it's the majority. I think majority. Okay. I think I think during the pandemic we all had a reason, uh, or most of us. I shouldn't say myself, but this was actually a time to have to be assisted. Be, be, this was out of everybody's control. Like the, you know, I fully am on board, and I'm actually happy that my tax dollars went to helping people um, in a time of need. It's it, it's nice to actually see money being used for legit things instead of fucking roads that are just never fixed and and uh healthcare system is fucking garbage. Um th- 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 this is good. But what I'm what I'm saying is is a lot of the times this assisted stuff is it's a crutch and and it becomes a sickness. Um it it it's it, it almost and I'm not saying it shouldn't exist because it absolutely needs to. Uh but it becomes a crutch for people and they lean on it too much. You know, at first they need it because they're limping. And next thing you know it, you know, the psych, like psychologically, they're still limping, but th- they're not hurt anymore. They, they need, just need to get out there and do it. It's just so used to having the crutch there to hold their weight. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate. It's a bigger problem as a whole. And I think a lot of it stems with, um, you know, now because of the jobs keep coming up because of COVID and stuff, there's more jobs than ever before. And I'm not saying any of this, guys to upset people or, or put people down or anything like that. That's, that's not, that's not in my DNA. It may come, it may sound like that from an outside perspective, but I like to think of it as to get you fired up, to get out there and fucking go and get it done. It's out there. You know, a lot of people lost their jobs over COVID a shit ton of people, millions of people. And I can guarantee you there's a large proportion of those that are going to come out better on the other side. They lost Jobs they couldn't stand, bosses they couldn't, they didn't like, coworkers, positions, and now they're going to find something better on the other side. And it's out there. There's so many jobs. Go out there and get. I'm not just talking about Walmart or or McDonald's or Burger King. There are a lot of jobs out there. While everybody was at home for the last 18 months and continue to will be for probably the next six months, nine months, or a year for some people, a lot of these people got their Disney Plus subscription on top of their Netflix and wasted their days watching this shit or sitting on social media bitching about the vaccine or whatever other. They could have sat there for 18 months working on themselves, whether it's getting healthy, getting the mind right, or going out there and learning a skill, learning a trade, while you're getting government assistance to put yourself in a better position. The ones that were working the shitty jobs and got laid off and are getting government assistance, this was your time. Over the last 18 months, as hard as it could be to get out there and educate yourself, to work on a skill, to put yourself in a better position so that when everything opens up, you're able to slide in there and saying, hey, look, we took a shitty situation. I was forced to take 18 months off. I had government assistance and I learned a new skill and a trade all at the same time, whatever it is. And now I can make more money. Now I don't have to go back to the shithole. Now I can tell them to go fuck themselves. And now I'm going to go and make more money and do stuff. But instead... They sat on Twitch for 10 hours a day. Here's the thing. You don't have my job. I benefited from this. More people are watching my stuff and everybody else's streaming numbers, YouTube numbers. It's all gone through the fucking roof. The media, the news outlets, the reason why they're feeding you all this fucking shit and scaring you 24-7 is because of ratings, money, advertisements. These are the ones that are benefiting and while you're consuming, you should have been consuming, and you still have a chance to consume to improve yourself. 
instead of fattening everybody else's pockets and sitting in your in your in your uh, pity pool. Do it for a little while because it fucking was su- is shitty and it still is shitty. I've been affected. Everybody's been affected to a degree. But if you if you're gonna spend 18 months and come on the other end and say there ain't no jobs available for me, then what were you doing for 18 months? What were you doing? I guarantee the vast majority, and this is where I'll use the minority. The minority were doing that. The minority were out there losing weight. The minority were out there busting their ass, starting a side hustle, getting education, uh, reading books, improving themselves. That's the minority. The majority, gaining weight, sitting behind a screen, consuming themselves with fear and toxic shit. Myself included. I gained 10 pounds over this shit. Maybe 15. You know? I get it. But... The jobs are there. You just got to go and get it, want it. And while everybody, trust me, the vast majority of people out there, guys, are, are, are in a bad spot. It doesn't take much effort. If you took 10 hours a week to go and improve yourself, you're going to be doing better off than the vast majority of people in this situation because a lot of people are just getting by right now. It's tough. It's fucking tough out there, and I don't blame them. It's fucking tough. People are losing their jobs, their homes, their, their everything. The world has been flipped upside down. But it's the ones that are, are going to go out there and, and make a difference. They're going to get the results. And on the other end, the ones that didn't, they're going to get used to this life that we've been living for the last 18 months. That's my hot take. It's, there's nothing wrong with that, that take. Um... The only the only the only thing I would I would say about about parts of that is that is that uh, and I know you don't necessarily mean this is that it's it's not just the difference between somebody being lazy and somebody going to do that and that there are shades to all of that shit um, because one of the biggest things that came out of all this nonsense for a whole bunch of different reasons was uh and and what now is has become an even bigger topic than it was even just before was that uh mental health fucked a lot of people up in these last 18 months of course uh cuz you lose your jobs everyone is uh is uh you know lots of people losing loved ones to covid or getting covid themselves or um, trying not to get COVID and all the ramifications that come with that. It doesn't matter what avenue you take or what or what came your way in the last 18 months. None of it was really good or healthy from a mental health perspective. It was all um, it was all a mental battle uh, from top to bottom. And you you would see on social media platforms uh, these two it was split into two groups of people. There were people that said. Um, that it's weird, but for them, pulling them out of the day-to-day and sticking them in their apartment or their home and forcing them to be there was um, was in the reverse positive for their mental health, for whatever reason that was for them. And then they, anyone that was positively affected would have had an easier time doing all the things you just described. They were the ones that were all of a sudden I'm doing yoga five days a week, uh, and I'm eating better, uh, and I'm because uh, I can't go out to eat dinner, you know, dinner at fucking restaurants anyway. So I'm forced to eat at home, and uh, I'm reading books more than I've ever had before. I saw like 
Uh, I saw somebody on my Twitter feed the other day saying they already they're already like eight books past their their goal for the year, and we're only in September. Uh, like uh, uh, people like that, but they're also just a um, uh, and this is where I would say more people were crippled with mental health issues during this pandemic that weren't able to pull themselves out of that mire to go in and turn themselves into a glorified self-help book uh, to to turn it into an opportunity, be able to mentally turn it into a positive opportunity to work on themselves, to come out the other side, across the finish line, uh, further ahead than they, where they were uh, before because they were granted the opportunity. Um and those stories are more common, I think, than, than, and that makes sense to me at least, that that's a more common story. And I wouldn't attribute the commonality of the story of people not feeling like they can um, wake up every day and spend that time turning themselves into uh, the next, de- you know, decathlete. Um, well, I mean, you're going on one extreme, right? Okay, no, I, okay. I, get I, up I, every morning and and and, and know, read something to improve themselves, or get into a new field, or or go back to school, or do online learning, or whatever you want, whatever one versions of that you want. It's just hyperbole yeah, I'm not, for the I'm sake not of comedy. You, should, you, you you need to go and do DDP yoga seven days a week and come out forty pounds no, lighter and no, and but risen, but but what you're saying is, under, is that take your time to improve yourself. Yeah, I mean, listen, yes. uh, you know, which my, is my ideal thing, for sure. Yeah, my my thing is more, t- you know, uh, looking at it as a as an opportunity to a degree um, instead of looking at just as more misery. And I'm 100 percent on board with you. Um, COVID is fucked up a lot of people mentally, maybe not in every aspect of their life, but in certain aspects, whether that is um, their confidence um, their, 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 their security, their, um, you know, their, their eating habits, their watching habits, their relationships. I mean, it's been hard on marriages. Um, you're sitting around the same people all the time. You got kids at home, you know, it's, it's, it's been a disruptor. Um, you know, so I do sympathize and in some aspects in, in my life have been negatively affected, uh, because of COVID. I don't think anybody, uh, has, hasn't had some part of their life negatively affected. Um, but it's just a matter of not staying, trying not to stay in that headspace for 18 straight months, knowing that, you know, things are going to turn around at some point. You're going to have to get back to reality at some point or not surrounding yourself with people that are just going to make you feel miserable all the time, sitting on your feed and just consuming the dread 24 seven. You know, it's one thing to do it for a little while, um, or, you know, start cutting back on this stuff and, and taking baby steps. Um, you know, the thing is, is a lot of people just hibernated throughout this 18 months and now their kids are popping up and now they're overwhelmed with reality again. And now it's all flipped upside down for a lot of people because their job isn't there or it isn't the same. Their relationships aren't the same. Some things have strengthened. Some things haven't, you know, there's a lot of fear. There's a virus going around. I mean, yeah, I I am not discrediting any of that. Um, and I can sympathize on every single uh, area. I mean, I have family members that have that are right now going through a lot of mental um, turmoil because of COVID um, that are not doing well. Uh, so it is close to home. 
Some people can handle it better than others. And like you said, some people uh, have taken the time to literally transform themselves for the better. But doesn't mean that you need to do that completely. But to take baby steps, to do, do something small. Um, most people have taken it and just given up. Like just, you know, and now that they're on the other end, it's overwhelming. Uh, so, you know, that's what I was trying to say. Um, there are jobs out there and for the ones that really wanted to improve this, the situation, most people that aren't in a position to have work right now, a lot of them, the work that they had wasn't meaningful anyway. What I'm trying to say is you've, there's been an excuse now to just, you know, a lot of people do get stuck in their ways. Like, even if it is working at a, I don't know, you're selling cars, right? Say you hate cars and selling cars and you know, nobody's buying cars for a while and you get laid off. I mean, now is the chance to transfer those skills into something different. Um, but now maybe they didn't. Now they now their job isn't there or maybe there's more people working from home or what. I don't know. Um, I, I I'm on the fence of I sympathize, but I only sympathize for so long because there's only so many excuses um, that you can give yourself to not go and do something before you have to just take responsibility. It's the same thing for, um, you know, there people when people have addictions and other different things like that. There, there just comes a point where you just got to want it. You got to, you got to, you got to want to make a change and you got to go out there and do it. Um, and I know that, you know, they are different for sure, but there at some point you got to wake up and say, listen, I need to change my life. And until you want to do that, you're just not going to do it. You know, I don't know how else to put it. That's just it, but I'm with you. It's been a tough time, and I sympathize. To a degree. <laughs> Mr. Black, what's your top three favorite NES games? Just to take a hard right turn out of nowhere. Uh, top. This comes in from Dan Jim, by the way. I'm gonna go with um, Mega Man, um, Super Mario Three, um, and Paperboy. Paper, paper boy. Yes. There's a, there's a choice. Uh, man, I remember when, when VR and stuff was just first happening and they had Google Glass and remember that fucking crazy shit? And I remember I was at a thing here in Halifax that was like a, a tech expo and they had a setup where there was like a stationary bike and then you put the Google Glass on. And then you were seeing Paperboy and you were playing Paperboy and you were physically throwing, you know, the fucking papers at the houses and shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it did not work, but it mm -hmm. was cool to see, to see it. Did, it worked terribly. Like you never throw it where you wanted to and it was fucking disorienting. And then nobody ever wore those damn goggles anyway. But, you know, it was, you know, it was the future. And thank God that future was avoided. It was terrible. Um... I would say, I mean, I have to at least say Super Mario 3 because I think it's definitely one of the best games of the whole console period. Whether you liked it or not, it was just functionally one of the greatest games uh, put out on that console. 
I think Mega Man 2, for sure, if only for the music, is probably got to be on that list. And then the third one is that the third one's I don't even know what the third one ends up being. I mean there there's a lot. I will say you know I'm going to I'm going to go with uh uh what was the name of it? Uh Blades of Steel. Mm, oh, that's a good one. Ooh, that's a really good one. So is Excite Bike and I just so, thought of it. My like my sports title mm, choice Blades is Steel. Blades of Steel or Bad News Baseball. It's those are the two sports titles for me so i like in that pocket somewhere for sure but super mario 3 is like if that's not in your top three you're lying to yourself um last one here let's see what we got do we even have another one that's worth well, asking i mean we just we just answered a really long question i went on for like <laughs> you know 30 minutes so you know uh bless anybody that sits through it but i'm sure you will and i'm and uh, i'm sure there'll be a lot of people that'll be angry with me but i don't fucking care i'm not here to win you over oh here you go dr samurai at what point that is what had happened within the online uh, activity with the user were you ready to meet members of your community in person was it just time with them or did something positive between you need to happen first um i mean i met i i, I met uh, we did the people. lag tv meetup yeah. like in the first fucking four months of lag tv existing yeah i think um which was probably a bad idea yeah i mean i, I traveled <laughs> and met people i think i think what was easy for me is like going to mlgs and paxes and stuff it was like a, a place that we can meet each other uh at like a common ground um some other but, outdoor public venue <laughs> yeah and and you know we're and we could hang out and then get to know each other and then became friends like you know i like these people on the internet but it's the internet right yeah um and i think i've only ever really met one or two people that like when i met them in person i was like oof yeah we're not we're <laughs> not, not compatible yeah this <laughs> you know th this is th this ain't it like hey you know thanks for the support and you know uh whatnot but you're not going to have my phone number. We're not going to, you know, go hang out. I'm not going to invite you to Vegas or anything like that when I go. Um, but that's only happened like once or twice. I, everybody else has been super chill, all kinds of different walks of life. Um, and then you just get to know them over the years, meeting up at conventions and people that have been around the chat for a long time. And usually you see photos of them and stuff. So like, you know, you, you're not like completely thrown for a loop. Um, but yeah, just a bit of time. Um, uh, I don't know, we're nerds, right? So, like, we bond over gaming, and I think, like, most of us, it isn't, this isn't like, you know, we're on Plenty of Fish or Twint Tinder, and we're, like, trying to find a match. It's like we we are... Kind of feels like that that way sometimes. A little, a little bit, but, but you know, we bond over video games and the love yeah. for a specific thing, and we have that much in common. And I like to think of hanging out with people kind of like I'd play video games with anybody. I mean, I... I could go to EB games right now and they could have a video game kiosk set up. And if there's somebody there playing and I'm like, Hey, can I join? I'd play games with them because we're, you know, it kind of let the video games be the thing that does the talking. And then we will figure out if we're compatible or not just by the process. It's kind of hard to explain. It's just, uh, you know, maybe, yeah, I've thrown myself out there a little bit too much in, cer in certain cases, but at the same time, like I didn't really think of it. I was young, like really young and, Adventurous. I'm just willing to do it, I guess. Who cares?
Yeah, I think, I think, you know, it's been 10 years. The internet is different now than it was back then, too. Like, it's so much more common to find, to, to have people that are uh, a little too parasocial relationshipy uh, with content creators now that, uh, you know, you see it more and more and more with especially female content creators. It's like, my God, they, they can't get away from it. And it used to be, you know, it was bad before, but it's like, it seems to be getting worse. Um, uh, you know, yeah, when we were, when we first started live TV and we did the meetup in Montreal, like four months deep, that was probably a bit premature, uh, but we did it anyway. And it was probably, it probably felt a little bit okay. Cause we were doing it in public places and it wasn't in our hometown. Uh, and so, you know, we didn't feel like we were going to be fucking, uh, putting ourselves in, in, in too awkward of a situation, but I would say, you know, for now, like if it's now, like if you're asking me about now, I don't have, I don't even have like a rubric. I don't sit down and go, oh, okay, well, I've talked to this person for this long and we've talked in private, you know, offline, uh, you know, a few times and I've gotten a feel for them and I feel like I actually think I know they're like kind of a cool person. They're okay. They're not crazy. You know, I, I don't have like a, like a rubric. It's, you just know. Yeah. And you, and you, and you're willing to take the dive after you've gotten to that point. And some yeah. people have different stages than others. You know, uh, that's just kind of where, where it is. And it's, and it becomes awkward because sometimes you'll get, you know, community members that are not within that circle that will see you interacting with other people that are in that circle, but they're still community members. They're not like your dear friends or some shit, but they are, they've, they've ascended in the, in the social in order the ranks in the yeah. ranks, yeah, the hierarchy and, of your community, like, like intentionally or unintentionally. Right. Like, and it gets awkward because then, then you'll have people like trying to like force it to happen. And, yeah. and, 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 and then like, uh, and then unfortunately then it just doesn't happen because you're trying to force it to happen. But you know, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the internet, I mean, the internet is a big place with a lot of people. Yeah. And there's a lot of weird people too. And, and you know, you gotta be careful. Uh, you gotta, yeah. you gotta be careful. And you know, now that I'm getting older and stuff, like I'm a little more cautious. I I've been hanging out with the same people now for the last a long like, time, five or six years. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll add like one new person every year, maybe, um, if that, um, if they've been around long enough and, and, you know, I feel comfortable and I've made some sort of connection with them. Um, then, you know, it's like, yeah, I'd invite them out, you know? Yeah. Come on out. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I have. I, I there's, there's like five or six community members that I consider real life friends now. And yeah. if they called me for anything, I'd help them. If they yeah, needed yeah. a place to stay, they could fly down and come hang out for a week or whatever. Um, and I'm sure they would allow me to do the same. So, um, you know, I don't need to have 15, 20, 30, 50 community members uh, <laughs> hanging out with me when I go to Vegas or any other place. I, yeah. I've got my core group of friends now. We all get along. We all mesh together. And and I'm happy with that. Everybody else, I'm down to be your friend, play games with you on the Internet. Uh, but, you know, that's probably as far as it's going to go. It's and it's no different than like any other relationship you have in person. Like you'll know yeah. this as the fact you go to a party, you know, lots of people. There are, there are steps to friend friendship. Some of them, your friends, technically like your friend Lee. Yep. But if, if, but if, you know, they showed up at your house and they needed something, you might not immediately let them in. You might question why they showed up at your house at three o'clock in the morning. But then if another person showed up at your house three o'clock in the morning and you know, they they're, they're like one of your best friends. You don't even ask about it. They just, you just, they're in the house. Yeah. It's just, it's no different. It's just the yeah. internet is way less, way more difficult to gauge, and yeah. so you got to play it safe as shit. Let's put it this way, all right? 
the core that the core that has naturally grown uh, over the over the last decade. They're the type of friends now that can go into my fridge without asking me, and they can just go grab a drink. You know, uh, they can just go in there, grab a can of pop, or you know, grab a glass of milk or juice. Everybody else is, if I invite you, you're okay. But also, don't go into my fridge without asking. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We're not on that level. You know, Dude, That's, don't raid my fridge. You don't yeah, get that chance. You know, you, you, we're, we're not we're not that cool yet. You gotta you gotta get to the <laughs> to the next level. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how that is. I don't know. I don't know how you got to do that. But, I don't have a personal like list. It no, just happens. It just happens. Um, yeah. But I'll let you know when you know. Everybody knows that you got company over. You know, it's like, hey, what do you say to them? Help yourself. You know, my yeah. house is yours. The fridge is there. Bathrooms are over there. Help yourself. <laughs> then there are certain people that maybe they're friends of those friends or whatever. You don't say those same things to. They <laughs> no. ask you, hey, do you mind if I grab a glass of water? Yep, the cups are up there. The, everybody else, they know where the cups are. You know, all that <laughs> yeah. shit. That, that's, the way I, that's the way I look at it. Everybody's yeah. got those types of friends and acquaintances. It's just kind of how it works, but yeah, there's, but, but it sounded like, you know, you were asking like at what point, like if you had like a, a goal set, like a bar, there's no bar. It's like, you know, you know, when we went to, it's like when we went to Montreal and the first person we met ever, Kentucky. Yep. Guy who drove from Kentucky. That's why we called him Kentucky. Uh, and, and he was the first guy and he was in the same hotel we were. And we yep. drank an entire bottle of bourbon at 11 o'clock in the morning with Kentucky before we even got the day started. That was how we, that's how we started. That was our first live TV. He's the first guy that got signatures on his t-shirts and they were terrible because we'd never signed a t-shirt before and we had no idea how to write on a terrible. t-shirt. <laughs> that's true. It's true. They didn't get any better over the years. Huh. But what, uh, you know, a, a sad joke that will, that not enough people will ever get to find out is that when we were signing the technical alpha posters back in the day and and I had my signature has been the same forever. And, and, and Panic, when he was on the podcast, had his signature has been the same forever. You know, whatever. And Jeff had his signature that was whatever. But he was so salty about how his signature looked that randomly, I mean, we got hundreds of posters signed, not knowing that we'd only ever be able to send out maybe about 120 of these things. And, and randomly, he would just change his signature entirely yep. out of nowhere. Wildly huh. different. They were, they were, they were even the same. Some of them, they're not even the same name. <laughs> They're not even Maximus Black. Some you get Maximus Black. Some you get MB. Some you get like Leg MB TV. Some you get uh, Maximus B. Some of them you get Maximus <laughs> Black with a different M or a B style. I just, you know, I was like, it was oh, completely hey. different. It's just complete. So some of you, when we do this next round, I've only got like eight, seven or eight tubes left. So when Jeff packages up the next round, we send these things out. You could, you could, you never know, could a limited edition Maximus Black signature. That doesn't exist anywhere else. Yep. But you're still only not really a friend. We just play video games with you on the internet. And that's where we're going to end it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's the end of a technical podcast. Wow. Thank you so much for stopping by for this banger. We're going to call it minimalistic. Boom. And if you're not adding that word to your daily lexicon already, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Until we see you guys next week, stay safe out there. Have a good one and uh, peace. Peace.